Hello everyone, welcome to the Rogue Retro Smackdown Review. Yo. Back at once again here on the Rogue Pines podcast and feed. And by we, I mean me and Paul. I don't even know if I said we before. Saying it now, fuck it. Yeah. Myself, Scott, and all of you. Yes. And potentially I don't have been here. Some music playing in the other room from Paul's significant other Brian. Brian does like his music. He does, and he you does. do. You're a big music. I mean, I don't mean, a lot of people like music, but it's a case of like some people just like are like like me, like oh, I like that song. Whereas some people know a lot about I, the music I, they like. I love music. I love many different kinds of music, but I don't know if you would consider what counts for music now is actual music. It just is noise with idiots. I was gonna say, Jesus, you like to claim that you're not as that old, and yet you just basically use a newer way of saying that's not music. It's just noise. Saying that phrase is the first signifier of your age. I know that I'm. I I've ex- I've become accepting of the fact I'm reaching that stage, but I don't believe it is a bad thing because, damn it, it's true what they say. Like when when you're growing up and your your parents go, ah, oh, music's not the same. Mm-hmm. When you reach the same age as your parents were, it's truth. So you're basically what living that Grandpa Simpson analogy. Like I was with it. <laughs> And they changed what it was. Oh, I'm still with it. It's just what's it now is gay. And it will happen to you. Yes, it will, Scott. Yes, it will. It's already starting to happen to me. I don't even know what I was with. Oh, hey, cool. Hey, I man, I join the party. I don't even know what it was when I, when I was with it, but it's not it anymore, I don't think. Oh, hey, man, join the party. Smoke, <laughs> smoke, smoke a joint and chill man you know I don't chill like, and enjoy the misery I don't like being at your kind of parties Paul no thank you very much I'm I'm in a nice and just haze that keeps me happy a lot of the time you see him when he's not in that haze oh he is you think he's angry now at yeah. time he's just I'm not like thinking about but Paul we're back once again here the Rogue Richard Smackdown review yeah. yes we are yes we are it's not up yet but by the time people are hearing this on their airwaves the, the fully loaded 2000 review will be up. It will. It was a fun one. It was a fun one. It was one. a fun one. I'm, I must say I particularly enjoyed... And correct me if I'm wrong here, I may be thinking of a Smackdown we've done, so if I am <laughs> being completely wrong, do correct me. But I'm particularly fond of Leal Snow Taz match. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised by how much you liked that match. I really did, because like WWE never really, in my opinion, never really presented Al... In the way that he was obviously capable of being presented. Mm-hmm. So in the WWE, when you see Al Snow actually having a really good match, you're like, mm-hmm. my God, the guy can wrestle like fuck. And you like he was going so well in that match. I swear to God, I thought like I thought he was going to beat Taz because he kicked Taz's ass in that match. What was it like? Like ninety percent Al Snow offense, and then oh, Taz got a bit of lucky one pinned him. I think that th- that match is also part and parcel of the issues of the Taz WWE run pre commentary. In terms of, you know, they're trying they're trying to build him up as, as a killer a guy who chokes people out until you can find someone who can who can take Taz out. And the you never you, really had anyone to take him out. And you took person you chose was Al Snow, who, as you said, hadn't probably been presented. And then the guy who hasn't probably been presented instead of getting killed to make the other guy look dominant before he gets there, he gets all this shit in on him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the dominant guy has been beat up by the guy who's never been presented. It's well. like it's like the way though, because I think WWE get really, really sort of lost in that sort of mm-hmm. in that setting because like obviously they think we've got to make we kinda keep just having them choke people out. We've got to make them look strong. Mm-hmm. So in making them look strong they ultimately make them look weak. And it yeah. kinda they hit a wall. You know, in a okay. sense, so lately got to like, and it's, I think it's really telling 
in that owl match because they really, for 90% of the match, like I say, they make him look kind of weak and clueless. Yeah. Because Al look, like, I don't think I've seen Al look stronger than I've seen him in that match. He was really technical, really hard hitting, good turnbuckle moves. Mm-hmm. But it's like, and like, the way they sort of presented Taz in that match, like, by the end of that match, it's like, where do you go? Mm-hmm. Because obviously, you've already made him look weak. You've made it obvious that if a good wrestler comes up against this guy, it can be taken out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you ultimately get to the point where, ah, he's got to choke it, but what else has he got? <laughs> you know, like, like basically, like, it just, we just got lost with him. You know, know, we just kind of hit a wall, as it were. You know, because there was, there was no really any, in my opinion, there was no real comeback for Taz I, for that match. As we'll see when we built his, as his SummerSlam feud, instead of breaking through that wall, he just ran at the wall repeatedly and banged their heads against the wall mm. again and again I mean, and was again. This, was this match with Al... Before or after the sort of mini feud with Jerry Lawler, where he attacked. Oh no! This is, this is where this is where we're about to get to. Aye, because I mean, I think that was the last significant thing that Taz did, and I mean, Jerry Lawler beat him. Yeah, they had they had. I mean, nothing. Mm-hmm. They take away. They take away for Jerry Lawler. Let's be honest. I mean, he was presented on commentary as a complete pervy tool. <laughs> yeah, but because he was one. No, but let's be honest. The guy could wrestle. He was a classic style of wrestler, but the guy could go. Uh-huh. But. You're having a guy who you're like Taz, who you're supposed to be representing as this, like you say, like this killer. You put him against a legend, you know what I mean? And ah, you have him like fuck up JR and be aggressive with JR, but ultimately you have him lose to a legend. When you should be, this is kind of guy you should be presenting, you should be having kill the legend. Yeah. You should have had this guy as an original sort of legend killer. Because <laughs> if, he'd, if he'd have won that yeah. mini feud, they could have still had the chance of building them back up again. You could have had that guy, like... You could have had him go against Taker. There's a, there's a thing that, that Jim Cornette once said about Kevin Nash, when the guy has six moves and one of them's a hair flip. Like, yeah. I, I feel that similar way about... Uh, Is the other one the raised fist? Maybe. <laughs> I just think, I just glove. <laughs> I just glove, flick, hair, fuck up, fuck up quad. Power bomb, go home. Step get, over get, the rope. Get paid shitloads of more money than everyone else, but no, I feel like that's similar about Gerald. Not the money thing, but like he's got like five moods, and one of them is taking the strap down before he does another oh, move. That's, that's the, that, that is Jerry's version of the raised eyebrows. It's not quite as intense as when Crangle used to do the, the, the mm. throw down the straps, which he hasn't done yet at this point. Oh, you just made me mind something. By the way, I had a, I know this is not about a retro SmackDown. It is wrestling related. But yeah, look. I had what I assume was the best thought during the week. You, well, you assume a lot of your thoughts are the best thoughts. Well, I, I hope I hope you agree on this one, right? As you know, I've been getting really back into like modern WWE. Uh huh. Really enjoying it just now. Because, like, not to date this episode too much, but this is this will come out after War Games. We're recording this before Survivor Series War mm. Games. But no. I'm watching modern WWE. I'm really enjoying SmackDown at the moment. I mean, I'm loving Raw too, but I'm loving SmackDown for obvious reasons because my guy's on SmackDown, man. <laughs> you know, Bray. But I've been watching uh, Chad Gable. Uh huh. Absolutely love Gable in the ring. I think he's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's like angle point two, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. He's like second coming. Even in attitude and character, he's kind of like early angle, mm-hmm. you know? But then I thought, Stellar fucking match. Chad Gable, Iron Man match, 
Josh Alexander. Oh, don't threaten me with a good time. Would you not think that would be a fucking hell of a mm-hmm. match? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I would. You know, that would be intensely cool. Yeah, I definitely think so as well. Going back to what we were talking about, Alison earlier, and I like, we talked about reviewing this ages ago back on Rogue Opinions. Maybe it's a future Scott and Pulse thing, but we could do it. But like, it's a show, I think it's called Wrestle Palooza 98, it's an ACW pay per view, because Al really developed the mannequin head thing in ECW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he, was, he was put Is on. Is he like an ECW original? Well, we went to WWF, like, I think he came from Smoky Mountain to WWF. Mm. Didn't know what to do with him. They had a wee deal with ECW, so they went, oh, I'll go to ECW and I'll started the mannequin thing and then came back to the day of his Arsenal with the head and everything. What does everybody want? <sighs> but like, there's a show called WrestleMania Night and... Um, I'm sorry, is Al wrestling in <clears throat> Japan too? I don't... He's been around for a long time, so yeah, I, yeah. I imagine he might have. But, so WrestleMania Night I believe is the name of the show, but I heard about it, the reason the guys from Rogue Pains wanted to talk about it was, supposedly by most people who review wrestling, or both at the time and later on, I've called this like the potentially the worst pay per view ECW ever did. Like, I really, well, the lowest rated pay per view, like, especially the peak era of ECW. Bi- is it the lowest buy rating? Maybe. I think, well, like, I think it was because, like, 98 was a peak year as well, coming out of 97 when they started the pay per view thing. Was like, 98 run a bit when they were working with the dub? I think they were kind of had a working relationship. Like, they, went, they sometimes would advertise, sometimes wouldn't because they were trying to keep that whole rebel. Mm. Like, but like 98 was a peak year for you because they also had Heatwave 98 which is considered their best pay-per-view I, I, I've heard that one talked about quite a yeah. bit yeah. But like, was that, did that not have a main event with RVD in it? No, no, no I think it was like a big four I think it was like Tommy, Sandman and Spike V like the Dudleys uh, It does feature like a Bam Bam versus Taz though that's that that's very solid and Gerald would be just incredible. Bam Bam did some of his best work in ECW. I think actually that's the show that has RVD and Sabu versus two Japanese guys. One of them is the former Hakushi. I believe that might have the table spot yeah. where RVD nearly fucks his eye on a table shard. Is, he not, is Hakushi not like 60 or something? Though? I don't know. I think he actually still wrestles. Though. Mm. I know he still wrestles. So does Taka. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's in... Uh, New Japan. Mm. You know, like, like the same age as Edge now or something, like four, late 40s. Mm. Yeah. It's a running thing where, like, don't call Takamichi Noko a legend or he'll batter you, because, like, legend in his mind means old, so every time someone calls him or wants to insult him or rile him up, they go, you're a legend, then he tries to batter them. They're like, all right, old you. <laughs> Basically, he's still got, he's, he's pretty much got that old Tyson kid thing where he's got a big bit of hair spiked up and not much else. <laughs> well, it's not like he's bobbing, like he's kind of shaving it in a little bit. Aye, aye. He's got that. He's got that haircut. I've seen on bloody on Facebook a boy gets sent him for a haircut like that for school. <laughs> and his ma was like... Well, that boy's, so, cl- the boy's clearly no Takamichi Noku. No, but his ma was like, and the haircut affects his learning how. <laughs> you know? It affects other people's learning because they're staring like, where the fuck did he get that haircut? Yeah, I've got that haircut. That's a tacky haircut. Oh, yeah, that's brand new. But like... Point about that preview is Al Snow is in the main event of that WrestlePalooza apparently mm. mate, against Shane Douglas for the ECW title and I've seen Is that Dean Douglas? Yes, formerly yeah. Dean Douglas but Like, everybody has mannequin heads and the crowd has a photo of Pal with head and everyone with these big plastic styrofoam mannequin heads that apparently where someone brought a bunch of them and passed them around yeah. the audience So I'd be interested to see if that shows as bad as that Maybe we can review that at some That'd point That'd be cool I actually had another uh, Scott and Paul idea I was one of them well, your idea... Your, yeah, fuck it, let's use Rugged Pines for our own admin. Why yeah, not? why not, yeah. But, you know, we do our uh, retrospectives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that in the future we should do a retrospective on Money Inc. That'd be nice. Money Incorporated, three-time three, three time mm-hmm. tag champs. 
and like I wish there's a really when, sorry cut in when they when they uh, when the million dollar man because he retired early because he'd done his back or something he did it? yes but um when he retired was Money Inc still a a team or was he wrestling solo by that point well they wrestled solo matches on his uh, his last show because that was SummerSlam '93 because he fought Razor yeah he and fought then, Razor a lot and uh, IRS fought one two three kid. Because uh, he hurt his back on a live show and all after that, didn't he? Or was so. his back already kind of hurting him? It was kind of hurting. I think he actually went away to do some stuff in Japan, a little tour there, then mm. officially retired, then comes back. I think his first return return appearance after his in-ring retirement is like he comes up on commentary for Rumble 94. I remember that. Mainly because Jerry's had some legal issues at that time. Is that also why uh, Sean was in that match mm-hmm. against Brett? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it was supposed to be the king and his knights, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was. Uh, but then, like, you got ironically in that same show, IRS is in an IC title match and nearly, and nearly wins thanks to Sean. But then they do that's great. Or oh, second referees come there, like, no, 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 this heel has done a horrible thing. Let's restart the match. I used to hate when that happened. I was like, come on, the match is the match is done. He's won it. Let it go. What's funny about that ninety four thing is when he when BBC appears on commentary. He does a little, and they do a wee inside jab about Vince being the owner of the company. He goes, you know, as a matter of fact, my man, it should be you working for me. Yeah. Says, so. ah, but and then he also like, he become he, he become like what we do the corporation, then go over to WCW's trillionaire Ted or whatever he was. Mm. Was he ever in ring in WCW? No, or? no, he was always like a manager. Then did he, he ever take bumps? I don't know. He would. Then he did. He did then turn face and join the become briefly the manager of the Steiners before Scott turned heel and joined the NWO. Mm. I remember Rick Rude when he went over. He was basically a manager to Mister Perfect when he was in WCW mm. because uh, he said he, he said he could have wrestled had Bischoff been willing to pay him out of his Lloyd of London deal, which a lot of wrestlers got. Yeah. And Eric Bischoff spoke frankly on a podcast basically like, to be fair, Rick was like starting his forties or whatever. He wasn't the same as he was before his injury. I couldn't justify the money that would have cost to pay out. And we think, given the fact that he comes to WCW and two years later, he, he, he a few years later, he passes away. Mm. I think Eric Bischoff may be one of those situations where Bischoff was in the right in that situation. Mm. Mm. Sorry to be a bit bleak, but that's just, that's just the circumstance it was. Well, like, to, br- to bring it back up. The IRS was a wrestler in WCW, in uh, WCW as a VK Wall Street. Yeah, I remember that. But no, I'll bring it back up because, like I say, as you know, I've met the Million Dollar Man. As have I. When did you meet him? I, well, I really met him. I got a sign thing from him. Uh, I was saying it also included Roddy Piper. Oh, cool. I am just saying that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think he signed it too, Scott, even though you had to pay extra to get it personalised to you. I don't think Teddy Gassi knew that they were doing that, so he, he just said, mate, he asked me my name. So Scott, he said, he put to Scott, whereas Roddy Piper just signed Roddy Piper. Yeah. And I've got both of those autographs framed in my house. Nice. The autographs that I have, I have Ted's, I have Duggan's, I have Bray's. I have, unfortunately, I will be honest with that one. I have not met the man. I would, I would fucking love to meet Bray. I, 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 not to, I have like six wrestling autographs. I've, there's only one of them I haven't met. Try and guess which one it is that I haven't met when I read these out to you. Right, so Ted, Roddy, John Morrison, Chris Masters, Eugene, Kane. Which would one be, would was, it be Kane? It would be Kane. My mum and dad got me the Kane art. Don't know where they got it from. Don't want to know. I just want to take as uh, I take it at face value and be happy. I've got a, I've got a little desk in my my room where I sometimes work from, and I've got a shelves for some of my Funkos above it. 
So I've got, but then I've got another number of fungos. I took one of my favourite fungos, which is Dark Moth from Star Wars. Put him on one, put him on one side. My t- frame came for on one side, and then in the middle goes my computer, and I do my little work, and I look at my cane for my. Nice. No. Do you know? Do you know who I have signature wise? It might be an odd one for you. What's that? Ziggler. Yeah, that's I have dolphs. My brother got me that. My yeah. brother met him, and I was like, I asked him. I was like, so what was he like? And he was like, ah, well, he just took it, went, all right, signed it, gave him it back. He was kind of neutral. He probably probably signed it. He's probably done with autographs at that point. He's probably, if you signed one, you signed a fucking thousand. Uh, to a... But no, Bray's autograph I got at a collector mania at Bray Heed. And that cost me 40 quid. I, I remember I went to collector mania. I got, I paid like 30 odd quid to meet the actor who originally played Boba Fett. Nice. In the, uh, the original trilogy of Star Wars. Pretty nice I, guy. I'm exciting. Nice. I met Crichton. He was cool, and I met I met the Borg Queen. <laughs> I met Crichton on the same day. I met Crichton, the Borg Queen, Lance Henriksen, <laughs> the Bishop Valley. Yeah, I know. Freddy Krueger. Met Robert, Robert England. He was cool. <laughs> I met uh, I met Grado. <laughs> he was cool as fuck. Because. Like, I, w- I went up to, like, I'd met Ted, right? Mm-hmm. I met the Million Dollar Man, and I went up and I got him to sign my mm-hmm. SummerSlam 88. Uh, one was I, this. Oh, I remember you've told the story uh, many times. Please tell these people who haven't heard it. Please. Oh, well, if you haven't heard the story, I went up to meet Ted DiBiase, and as as you, and I'm I'm hoping a few of our listeners know that I've got quite an extensive VHS collection. You do, yeah. So I took my SummerSlam 88 VHS, and went up to meet meet Ted and I was like oh man you're totally awesome and I shook his hand and I was like awesome like I listened to like pure jumping but in my mind I was like fuck's sake I'm meeting the million dollar man this is cool and I went and gave him my tape and he was like oh and he's like this is one where I fought Hogan and lost and I was like I'm, I'm sorry man I didn't have any way you won <laughs> <laughs> you know, Which is not the thing to say. I know. I just, you know, that way when you say something stupid because you're kind of like in sort of like hero worship mode, and yeah. you're like, obviously, you do the dumb thing and say something stupid. You're like, ah, uh, and he was like, he was like, I ah, don't worry about it, and he signed it and really cool. And then, like I said, I went up and I met Jim Duggan. Ah, uh, yeah. And I, and I spoke to him and I was like, he was like, who's your favorite guy at the minute? And I was like, ah, well, I love Ray White, man. And he was Duggan was like. Oh, Bray. And he was like, ah, he's going to go far, like, you Even then, Duggan yeah. knew, you know what I mean? And then I gave him my SummerSlam 89, I think it was. I, I figured you like, like uh, Duggan because he's a big pothead as well, I've heard, so I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And beat cancer twice. He has, yes. He's a champ like Duggan. But nah, he signed it, and he signed it King Duggan. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so it was really cool. And like I say, by that point, I'd spent all my money. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed Grado in the corner. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, I can't, I can't buy a bloody signature. And I, I walked up to him anyway. And I was like, because it wasn't the Americans, I could actually just talk to him. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, dude, you're, you're really fucking awesome, man. He was like, oh, cheers, mate. And then I, I went, sort of begged him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, man, okay, I'm kind of skint now, but I'll maybe at least get a 40 with you and he's like ah they bother me wind in and he stood up put his arm with my shoes on I got a photo with Grado I remember like that one we we Chris Masters and Eugene I, think, I know it was a random one but I having watched the WWE a lot in the, the Ruthless Aggression era those mm. two 
we're we're standing people on that head. Yeah, so I went and met them. Jesus, you for, you don't you see it looks big on the telly when you get up close to fucking and as close as I am to you, as close as I am to you right now, Paul, with the to Chris Masters and his arms. I'm like, fuck me, he's a big man. Is he is he a biggin? Yeah, I, had, I I found photos online of them of them of them together. And he used to say like one of and like literally, there's not one you can find Chris Masters where he's not fighting. Literally. Every four just looked about the same, so you could again he won. Give it to him, and so I said to him, and then I was over here and I was listening to some YouTube thing because someone in front of me had brought a copy of a DVD I had, which was SummerSlam '04, mm. where he wrestles Triple H, and he signs and he talk. He was telling me a story about there's a spot where he kind of got a cut on his back because he got took a hard bump into the steps and he kind of got a bit of a gash mm. in his back, and I was like, listening, like, huh, huh, that's interesting that, and I was chatting to him. I got a photo with him as well. Which I didn't mean to pay for, I just paid for the signature break, but that's for fight with him. And I didn't know how, how to stand with him. And Chris Master was doing his typical pose on Shooter Demon where he just fights his big arm. So I did I did it like that as well. <laughs> and knowing full well, like, this mine's what my, this is, but it looks like a stupid thing you're doing next to fucking Chris Master, me and yeah. my scrawny little fucking arms. <laughs> that took this back in 2011 as well. I was stuck thin back then as well. Yeah. But also, getting to you before, I got a fight with, uh, with Colt Cabana. Nice. In 2019, at a show for Discovery Wrestling, which is down in Edinburgh. And he was there, so like, he didn't need to pay for get like actually for him, and we were taking me for him. He was actually there fighting somebody we've talked about on our Impact show, uh, Joe Hendry. Because they were both doing shows at the... <clears throat> yes. I believe. Paul believes in Joe Hendry. Well, like, they were both doing like shows... Digital media they, champion, Joe Hendry. They were both doing shows at the Edinburgh Fringe there, and then they started a storyline with Joe as a heel, like, saying that... Colt Cabana's taking people away from my show. I clearly got the better wrestling theme show at the Fringe. <laughs> so literally it was billed as the Battle of the Fringe. <laughs> Which sounds like a fight over hairlines, if anything else. Aye, aye. <laughs> Sorry if you're here for Smackdown, by the aye, way. Well, this, this has turned into a Scott and Paul's Rambling podcast. We have hijacked... It's all we, the same. We have hijacked the rogue opinion. It is our truth, our rogue opinion. Pretty much, yeah. Moan... <laughs> Moan the Scott and Paul. Moan <laughs> the Scott and Paul. Well, literally, I've, I've mentioned it a few times on other, uh, other Rogue Opinion shows. When you do, if you haven't heard it already, do please go listen to the Fully Loaded mm. show. I legit, I legit think of all the shows me and Paul and it both on this and on our own thing, the Rogue, the Fully Loaded show is in the top five podcasts we've ever done. Oh, I think Where so. Where on the top I five, so. I don't know. But like, let's just say, it's, it's weird to... You wouldn't think we'd do a, such a good review of a pay-per-view on a show that it takes the first 10 minutes dedicated to the virtues of audio books versus Kindle books versus regular books. Yeah, yeah. I still think I'm right on that one. Well, a regular, like an actual book is a fantastic thing. I never disagreed with you on yeah. that. You know that. I just said I'd never read the Kindle book because I can't really be arsed have you Have you ever read any of the Goosebumps books? I have not, no. Cause I, I used to watch the old Goosebumps just watch the show yeah. on Fox Kids in the oh, day. do you know it's a better programme in the same kind of yeah, vein Are You Afraid of the Dark never heard of that one myself oh you'll, you'll need to look it up it's a fantastic programme it's like they call there's this group of kids right mm-hmm. and they call themselves the Midnight Club it's just <laughs> it's, I think the gist is it's just local kids from the neighbourhood that hang out right and they always go down into this little sort of woody area and they have a little campfire, and each episode, one of them tells a like a spooky story, and it it plays out like dramatized and such. You know what I mean? It's really cool. I used to watch that a lot when I was younger. 
And some of them are really freaky. Like, I think there's a list on YouTube of 10, like, actual freakiest Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes. Because it was a kid's show. I mean, but some of them got kind of, like... Uh-huh. I mean, it was a 90s kid's yeah. show, so obviously at times it took on a little bit of a darker theme when maybe a kid's show would, you know. But, you know, that was back when, you know, programmes were allowed to be good. <laughs> I had to take to ask this, because we've already rambled enough in the first 24 or 35 minutes. How, how have you been since we last? Oh, I've I've been smashing, man. I've been good, and I must I must say before I get into it, if indeed you did come for a SmackDown review, I don't know if we'll get to that because we're in one of these modes. So if this turns into be like a, you know, rogue opinions does Scott and Paul, and hey, you got something new, you know. But <laughs> well, anyway, we'll get to it at some point. No, I've been solid, man. You know, I went out the other day. I went and took my mum out mm-hmm. to the pub for a bite to eat, and then we ended up drinking a lot. Mm-hmm. We get bloated, so <laughs> we did well bloated. You know, <laughs> I took my mum out for a meal, and I had this honey jelly chicken thing. It was really nice. Should have got chips with it rather than rice. I mean, the rice was was decent, you know, mm-hmm. but it was just it was just a, a lot of it. Yeah, you know, it was like. There was more rice than chicken. <laughs> you know what I mean? No saying there wasn't enough chicken. I mean, yeah. it was lovely chicken, but just a lot of rice. It was a lot better with chips. But then, before we got the food, the one was like, ah, do you want any drinks now? And my mum just, right, without even drinks, went long vodka. And I was like, aye, two of them. So, we had a long vodka, and then we had food, and then we had another long vodka, and then we had a cocktail, a blue thing with vodka in it. Of oh dear. And then my brother's uh, girlfriend, Shan. Mm-hmm. She's cool. She does art. She done she done me a, a Marilyn Manson picture for her birthday. I can and, see that. Yeah. And she done me like a Brian Malko placebo one now. Oh, that was those? Yeah, yeah. That's, she painted them. They're really cool. Nice. But she came out. And she had, she sat and she had a couple of, like, she was just drinking colas, but, mm-hmm. you know, she sat and she had Coke with us, and, like, she had Coke Zero. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't like Diet Pepsi. That was a discussion cola, you know, but it was cool. But when me and my ma had another blue drink, and then my brother came in because he was at work, he, he does delivery driving. All right. So he came in and... He had a few beers, mm-hmm. and then him and Sean went up the road. And then me and my mum had another blue drink. And then we left the pub. <laughs> and then went to the shop and bought a lot of sweeties and shite we didn't need. As you do. And then went up the road. So that was it. We had, we had one away nights all night. And I've rambled on in that fucking story. Christ. No, no. You, you had to edit sure. some of that. No, no, no. <laughs> but no, it, was a, it was a grand night. I had a I had a, a night out uh, the other week. I went to the ICW Fear and Loathing at the mm-hmm. Hydro. It was funny because like we went to their Fear and Loathing last year, which it was amazing to think that that was a year ago when we last went to it. Because I had a brief moment thinking about it the next day, thinking like, "Who the fuck did that last year just fucking go?" <laughs> but uh, we went in twenty twenty one because we bought the ones for the twenty twenty one because we heard it was one of the baddest, and so we went. And basically got delayed and delayed because of COVID. And then we basically only went because, like, fuck it. 
it's a night it's a couple of nights out back to back it was two nights then and it was only one night just recently but it's two nights out we lads and you know we paid for these fucking days we're gonna get our fucking money's worth even we don't know half the cunts on this card mm. but we went and it was all right then we went to the square goal the next a couple of months later at the swg fee which was like their version of the rumble yeah and it was shite this <laughs> it literally Probably one of the worst Rumble style matches I've ever seen. What was any it called? Promotion. The Square Go. All that I have heard that's push. Well, it's not push. There's been good ones. I've been to good ones before, but that's one with push. But and then we do my go, and then we heard oh because of basically shit ticket sales over the last year, they moved it from the Barras to fucking the garage in Glasgow, and we have a wee group chat with like us who bought the tickets originally and then went to the Square Go. And we were all like, oh, like, what is, isn't this fucking shitty, isn't this pathetic, all fucking moving to the fucking garage, fucking tiny place. So that's where you do your weekly show or your monthly show, not fucking your biggest show of the year, which is what bloody fear and those may be. And then somehow that turned to, y'all want to go? I right, fuck it, let's go. There's clearly tickets still available and we were like, fuck it, it'll be like the old days when we used to go to the garage shows, go for a pint and a, something to eat beforehand and then go to the bloody show. Aye. So we ended up going and we we're talking about going to Square Go in February because it's in the, the garage. So, you know, something for a couple of the guys, the garage atmosphere because it was small actually made it more enjoyable. But before we went, we went to this place called The Hall on uh, Sucky Hall Street, which is down a little bit down the ways from where the garage is. And so we went in and my brother said he'd booked the tail right for four and he did. And he had messages, he had evidence of like correlation of where he'd went to of how we had been talking to and so it went against so we me and him get there at quarter to four just to be sure and we just tell the woman that we, we present the one with the evidence and all that and then she was like i i have no doubt you've booked it but it's not on our system so basically it was quite quiet because the world cup match between the opening match of the world cup was about to start between qatar and ecuador yeah. uh, and so they like basically like, there's a good bunch of groups here we'll just take anyone so Basically, we'd been better off if we hadn't booked anything and just fucking walked in off the Bastion Street. We probably would have got the exact same result. So then we were there, and I was basically on a soft drink before we went in the garage. I had a few drinks. I had a couple of sides, a couple of hoochies when I went to the garage. But I was there. Mm. Me and brother ordered a, a burger each. Uh, was one, a bacon uh, burger with cheese, obviously. The cheese wasn't that nice. And then it, it turned out to be a double... Burger, burger pie, which I thought, oh, that's cool. And on a British bun, a shitload of chips, by the way, a fucking shitload of <laughs> chips. And like, they said that it came with barbecue sauce and burger sauce. I didn't want barbecue sauce. So I made sure my brother told the woman when we ordered it, don't get barbecue sauce. So assuming they would still get burger sauce because I don't mind burger sauce. But it didn't come with either, so I'm like, I think the woman assumed I didn't want any sauce. I'm like, what the fuck's my burger sauce here? And so I tried the burger. I might be one of the worst burgers I've ever had. <laughs> Legit, like, the parties are, like, really thin. They tasted like really bad burger van burgers, basically. Like, it was, it was, it was shit. The chips were cool. Everyone's, they like, cooled down a little bit, but the burger itself was, was very underwhelming. What, what I'm sorry to pick this weird point for your story there, but what constitutes a bad burger van burger? Exactly, because I've I've had a lot of burger van burgers and have always generally been good. Well, I don't know. I think that was the example my mom gave, and that's the only thing I could think. Cause I didn't know how to express it, but like basically, a really cheap like it was a thin burger. It it felt very overcooked. Basically, there wasn't much flavor really to it. 
of the, to the burger itself without the cheese and the bacon on top of it. And like, do you, do you know a burger van burger? On, on a, a burger van, a burger van's the only place that can ever get onions right on a burger. Mm. You know, the fried onions? Yeah, yeah. Burger van is the only time you ever get them right. Nobody else does them right. The big issue again with this burger also, I think, may have been like, it was very, you cut it open and it's just grey on the inside and I'm like, I, I like, I, I've learned I, I need a burger, like, I want one of the thicker burger fatties and I want a bit of pink in the middle. Like, also it's cooked enough, but like, you see a little thing and that's, you know, as we can tell, this is going to be a quality fucking pub burger. Mm. And so I wanted a good pub burger before I went to the show and I did not get that, bur- that quality burger. Mm. So I was very, like, very disappointed by that. That sucks. It does suck. The show was alright. And then afterwards we went to KFC, me and my brother and that, but they were only doing takeaways, so I had to take away and by the time we got home and then I had to heat the bastard back up again <laughs> and then eat it. That's my truck my stomach was playing havoc on me the next day. I don't know if it was the burger or the chicken. Maybe. Is that is that why you did not make it up for the show that day? Yeah, I don't it was definitely wasn't the drink because I didn't drink that much. So it was either the burger or the fact that I heated up that KFC. It was one of the two. Oh, you you reheated KFC. Yeah. You don't do that, man. You eat it cold. I don't want to eat it cold. But if you, you, it's not wise to reheat chicken, man. That's why you had a bad stomach. No, no, no. You can reheat chicken. You just need to make sure it's properly reheated and it's properly piping hot in the middle. Well, that's because probably what, what you did not do. Maybe I, I was a weird judge at time because it was by that time. It was approaching back at 12, close to a quarter to one in the morning. My mum and dad were sleeping. Yeah. I didn't want it to be too loud in the house. But, like, yeah. I, you... t- I tell you, that's... I mean, I don't I don't judge you on it, but it's something I wouldn't risk it myself. But, you like, know? meat, especially white meat, like chicken, if you reheat it, you it, cut it open, recommend you cut it open and make sure it's piping hot in the middle. Because if it's properly reheated, then it's fine. But if it's not properly reheated, then, oh, if you're. Yeah. Do you know, well, I struggle sometimes to decide what I like more. Like, you know, like, that thing, like, I don't know if it's just, like, a like a UK thing or a worldwide thing, you know, like, like, if you have leftover takeaway in the next morning. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if it's Chinese, you can't have leftover Chinese, because that'll fuck you up, you know, like, rice and shit. Huh? But, like, say if you have leftover pizza. Oh, yeah. Or leftover KFC. I mean, sometimes I can eat cold chicken, but in this case, I want it warm. Do you know? Do you know what the best thing is? Like in regards to chicken, uh-huh. say like you got in a shitload of KFC, uh-huh. and you had a drink in that, and you can't finish it all, and then you wake up the next day and you have some boneless uh-huh. bits left. See, like next morning, cold KFC boneless stuff. It's fantastic. There are certain things that are weirdly almost as good, if not better, cold than they are warm. I, I am an advocate that pizza can be eaten cold. Like I, I, I know there are weirdly people out there who hate the idea of like cold pizza. There's people out there that hate the idea of pineapple on pizza, but they're insane. Yeah. Pineapple on pizza is fucking awesome. Uh, well, like, like cold pizza can be pretty good. I had this pizza from a local takeaway near my brother. I think I told you about it. Both badges. Uh, I had the spicy chicken pizza I bought while I was watching these dogs for him, right? I had some bit. I had a couple of bits the night before and then the rest. Well, I had most of it the night before and then the rest the next day, right? And literally, I don't know what happened, but somehow it was that cold. I went to take the, pull the crust, put left one piece, right? And the crust, all four bits were connected, and the crust for all four bits came off in the one bit. 
Like, like oh, I just, I, I just one long bit of crust. Where, where do you stand? You know, like stuffed crust pizza. Oh Jesus! Oh, sorry, my can nearly exploded. Where do you stand? Like, are you like a? Do you like a hot dog stuffed pizza crust, or are you like traditional cheese stuffed stuffed crust? More. Are you controversial in that? Uh, like, um, you know, like tomato sauce stuff crust that like you've. What's like, wrong with yeah, that? I've, heard. What's wrong with, I've, I've had the tomato sauce crust when I like the Chicago Town does that really the good. One. Yeah, don't mind it. I, I'd let it. I'd give it a minute with that pain piece because I remember one time I had it. Mum and Dad were out and I was having Chicago Town like, stuff crust like with tomato sauce in it, and I bit into. I, I went through a bit too quickly. Bit into the uh, crust and a warm bit of the sauce rolled down in my oh. face, <laughs> and I felt like it was fucking scalding me. But usually I like the cheese. I'm I'm traditionally use a cheese stuffed crust person. Like I remember oh, the like, first time as a kid I had stuffed crust. I was like, oh jeez, this is like fucking game changing. This, but like that badges again. I don't know many others that, that badges. And my brothers do want me to get pe- bits of pepperoni stuffed through the crust. Like pudding stuffed crust, that'd be good. <laughs> I don't mm. know how much of a market there would be, but you knock yourself out. Oh, that'd be cracking, man! Black pudding stuffed crust. Oh, square slice stuffed crust. Me and my brother, when we got home, I don't know, actually, I think it was maybe the night before the square, the uh, sphere and loathing belly, we were randomly talking about different takeaways and that. And like, my brother was talking about Burger King, how much he, he's learned he doesn't really care that much for Burger Does King. Does he not? Well, compared to like wow. your KFCs and your McDonald's and things like that. And like, but like, I've, I've learned like I like Burger King, but it's not my first option. Like, if I'm really hungry and the first Thing. The fries are better, and the, and the thing more readily available than the other two is is Burger King. I'll go like before the one opened in the city next time. Before that cinema opened over there, there was an Odeon over by the quay, and there's a Burger King there. And so, in case I'd go there, I once took a Burger King meal into the cinema with me, on these reclining seats. It was fucking magical. I once took a, <laughs> I once took a bottle of rum. <laughs> To the cinema with me, and do you, do you know how handy a, a a large McDonald's cup is? Really, I mean, you know, three quarters cola, little bit of rum in there. You have yourself a nice drink for the movie. I seen that bloody Assassin's Creed movie. Yeah, I have no idea why I went. I didn't even play the games, you know? <laughs> but I just, you know how sometimes you just go, fuck it, I feel like going to see a movie. Uh-huh. Well, I was walking past the cinema in Clydebank, I looked up at what, what was available, I thought, well, everything apart from that looks pish. So, I thought, aye, I'll go and see that movie. And do you know what? Don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. It's no bad. It's no fantastic, but it's no bad. Probably made more sense for the played the games. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Wasn't it bad? It was. It was engaging enough for me not to drink the drink. Yeah. Oh, I went with the not too long ago. Actually, it was last weekend. Me and my brother went to see Black Panther. Uh, good. It was good. Very sad because also the guy who was playing Black Panther before died. They have to acknowledge it in the movie. Who is that? That yeah, was that Chadwick guy. He was only 43 as well, I think. Was it Was it the dreaded C? Yes, sadly it was, unfortunately. Can't you, I think. It was. But, like, there was a guy, a couple, there was people 
there's nowhere like there's an empty seat on my side, then a couple of people, and there was my brother seat next to me on my left side, and a couple of people on there. And there were these people who sat down there, they had a bunch of stuff, and my brother and I laid out some sweeties or whatever we brought mm. with us. And I did a bit of a double take in the last couple of trailers, because I looked across to the guy next to my brother, and I looked at there. You know when you go to Tesco, you have these, like, the meal deal section, and you have these wee tubs of pasta? Aye. Fucker brought a big a tub of pasta to the cinema with him, and I just, I casually, I casually, I typed it on my phone and showed my brother rather than whispered to him in case he got here. I turned, I wrote down, this fucker's brought a fucking packed lunch with him. <laughs> and what's funny enough, my brother told me this, I didn't see this, but apparently once he finished his pasta, he then reached in his bag, filled out a fucking big tub of fucking Ben and Jerry's. Brought his own spoon from home, apparently. That's a new level of do preparation. You, do you know something? You've got a horror to him. Like, are you are you saying that's not a good thing to come prepared? Like, it's a weird choice to come with a similar fucking pasta I, and Ben and Jerry. It's kind of weird to bring your dinner with you, aye, but... Mucker's got a three-course dinner with him, like... It's, it's like on the extreme level of bringing your own sweeties, you know what I mean? But like, because I'd be goddamned if I pay fucking cinema prices. Well, the like, fucker brought a fucking almost a three quarter. Like you got some fucking garlic bread to go with that pasta, do you? <laughs> but like, my, like the opening of the film is very somber. Like the last few trailer, few trailers and ads are playing, and my brother and I are fucking sitting there p- trying not to piss ourselves laughing at a guy bringing pasta because it reminds us of a story that Grado t- tells on a podcast he did about people. And the and not here not even the cinema goes. One time someone came in the cinema and brought a fish supper with them. <laughs> like, like people bring their own food. Aye, what's the difference between a packet of Maltesers and a fucking fish supper? <laughs> and Aye. Like, and like you know anything? And the thing about it, I mentioned that term and we were laughing even further because some of the, among the sweeties we brought, we brought Maltesers with us. Do you know? Last day me and Sebastian went to the cinema together. Mm-hmm. I can't even. I think we went to see like Coco. Okay. Like. You know, like Pixar movie. I get, I get yeah. Aye, we went to see that. Last time we done that, it, we went to... I can't even mind what bloody superstore it was. We went to one of those superstores and got the big... You know you get the big pick and mix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got one of the big XL... I think we got two of the big XL tubs of pick and mix. Barely cost us anything. You know, and we... Like, sort of got a couple of cans of juice and that. As we were walking into the cinema... Bear in mind, I've spent maybe six, seven quid on sweeties for half of what we bloody brought in. I seen the prices on the way into the cinema; it was fucking extortionate. It's no wonder people bring their own stuff. I used to like picking mix before they start the whole scheme of weighing it, and that judges the fucking price of the bastard. Mm, mm. I used to get picking mix a lot, especially in Woolworths back in the day. Oh, Willie's. I'd be just fucking filling it up with whatever it was I liked, like like mm. that by that big big little get the wee shovel, big shovel of that, shovel of them. Well, a few more of them. One for the bag, one for the gob. <laughs> you know what, you, were you ever tempted if you thought you could get away with it, just go no, fuck it. No. Nick no. a couple. No. It's it's in the same level if you're in a supermarket, you'd nick a grape. <laughs> just, you like you could, just like you could nick a, a fizzy cola bottle. I tried to nick a, just a random shrimp once from a shop. I got immediately caught. I was not subtle at all. I thought I was, but I wasn't. I almost got I almost got banned for life. 
like literally, I just didn't go for a week and then walked back in and they didn't say anything. So I, kept, so I just kept going back. Like, oh, clearly they've, they've forgiven me. I'm just going to keep coming in. I, I learned when I was when I was young about about thieving from shops. I learned uh, when I was when I was young. I I I went and pocketed a yo-yo from a shop, local shop. My mother found out as soon as I got in the bloody door. She found out. She walked me back to the shop with said yo-yo to apologise to the man and give it back. I once saw one of those big like, round hubba ones where you had the big round... Ah, the big rolling gum. gum. I, went, I saw one in the shop, I wanted it. My mum was in the shop next to her, I was just walking, walking around Woolworths. My mum left me alone, by the way, well, with my cousin, but she left us alone with Matt, and she and Manny went next door to Primark. Mm. Yeah, which is weird at that age that we were being left by ourselves, but like... You just stay there. But like... I, wa- I saw it, I wanted it, I went to the next door to ask my mum about it. But it goes to show just how much stupider I was as a kid. And I thought, I'll go and ask her. But I didn't register the fact that to ask her about the thing I want to get, I shouldn't take it with me. So I gritly took it, no one noticed. I went out of the shop to the Primark next door. Mum, can I get it? And was first, I was confused as to why my mum hasn't had a shot look in her face. To see me walking into a shop with another thing that I didn't pay for from a previous <laughs> shop, and walk me back to take take it back. I don't think anyone knows. I can't remember if we talked to any staff, but let me to say I didn't get that hubba bubba. Oh, I don't remember being that much being given that much in trouble. But clearly, my mom was not happy with me at that time. No. Want to hear a fun fact, Paul? Yes. I think we've be- beaten the record by like fifty minutes for the longest mm. amount of time on a retro smackdown so far. That we went talking before getting to the actual show itself. I don't think we're going to get to the actual show. Uh, we are going to get to the show. I'm going to make sure we get to the show. Must we get to the show? We are contractually obliged. Why? Get, because I may mistakenly sign the contract on both our behalfs. Can't we do it on Monday? <laughs> no, I will not be here Monday. Can't we do it on Tuesday? I work Tuesday. Can't we do it on Wednesday? We got enough shit to do. Can't we do it on Wednesday? Shut up. No, we can't do it on Wednesday. We gotta do it now. Why? Because Okay. I know it wasn't the best SmackDown the fall in terms of following up from a good pay per view, this wasn't the best SmackDown. On on the July twenty seventh, two thousand SmackDown, yes, we will... Steve Blackman defended his hardcore title. Yes. We'll we'll fire through this. We'll fire through it, I, I promise you. Well, let we should do it now, because we as you say, we have rambled for forty six minutes, thirty seconds and uh, whatever. whatever. I don't know if that's a record. I'm sure there's a Scott and Paul somewhere. Like in Scott and Balls, we've done whole episodes that spun off from, oh, I'm sure from pre-rambles. We, I'm sure we have done a pre-ramble count, counting up to at least an hour on a Scott and Paul. I think so. We've done pre-rambles. That you, know, so, you know what we're like, man. Well, we I mean, we're, we're already starting to ramble now. But what I'm just saying, as an example, we've done pre-rambles and Scott and Pauls that went into their own episodes. That's how long they went. Anyway, we'll get to the show. Let me give you a brief recap of Raw. The Raw right after Philly Lodge. So, so Mick Foley comes out at the start of Philly Lodge. Basically, basically CW kissing their own arse for how good the pay-per-view was. Yeah. Pretty much going in and going, oh, how big of a success Philly Lodge was. And like, oh, how about this match? Hey, or how about this match? Hey. And like, I talked about Kurt Angle. And I said, and for reasons I can't understand, Kurt Angle, a lot of this is recapped at the start of SmackDown, as you mentioned, mm. but like, Kurt Angle has requested a rematch with The Undertaker. And the company are like, why the hell would he want a rematch with The Undertaker? After and then talks about the controversial ending to the main event. And it's like, well, 
and talk about how you can explain why he came down to reverse the decision when Benoit kind of tried and bit and Shane tried to get around the stipulation, and then mm-hmm. Benoit comes down, much like his Phil Canadian Bret Hart before him, he's like, that wasn't controversial, that was bullshit. We did remind me of Bret going, frustrating the goddamn word for it. Everybody screws me. Nobody does a goddamn thing. <laughs> we apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody else, I'm the best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. If you don't like it, tough shit. And Benoit keeps trying to threaten to batter fully and Shane's there trying to, trying to calm him down a wee bit. Mm, like, it's no worth it, Davey. He's like, you know, Vic, there are certain constants here in the WWF when my father was running it, when my grandfather, when my great-grandfather was running things. Hell, even when Stone Cold Steve Austin ran things briefly, there's that, and that's that's and that's going back a ways for the WF at this period, even though that only happened a year ago. But still, yeah, like there are certain constants, and one of them is the referee's decision is final. <laughs> so basically, trying to say he had no right to, and probably basically like, yeah, well, there's not, it's not your father or your grandfather run things. I'm running things now, mm. and then that's when Stephanie comes down. And basically tries to side with, with Shane and everybody like that. And then fully goes, you know what, Stephanie? Sometime last year, for the briefest of seconds, I found you moderately attractive. <laughs> and again, I was recovering from a serious head injury at the time. And so Stephanie doesn't detain us and smacks fully very across Does the face. she not take it well? No. No, she does not. <laughs> I do. Well, she Stephanie never, can't take a joke. She never seemed to have much as a human like Lassie. And so Foley gets angry and goes like, you know I have the power where I could fire the two of you, I don't care what your last name is. And says, I'm going to book the both of you. He, and he, mi- didn't, he didn't really have the power, no, no. did he? Just just cause Vince told me. Kayfabe, brother, kayfabe, kayfabe. <sighs> kayfabe? <laughs> but he said, I'm going to book the two of you and I first ever brother and sister Makes tag team match. Uh, it was against two opponents of my choosing. Also, there was a fun thing with uh, Triple H comes in to see Stephanie. She tries to explain everything happened. And then Triple H sees Flair's like, oh, what's this? More Flair? There's more stuff? More Jericho Mang? He starts smashing. Like, you trying to explain him? He's already smashed half the Flair. He's like, uh, Hunter, I got them for you. <laughs> and Joey's kind of feels awkward. She starts off like, how could you? She just figures off. Uh, and then later on, it... So Elite is the female part of the, the opponents for the mixed tag. Because mm. obviously a few weeks ago she had a thing where, where she got a shot at Stephanie but she got, kind of got screwed out of that. Yeah. And then Shane gets on and he already starts acting the big balls and it's like... I hate Shane. As do I. But like... You know, I Even now. I don't care who your partner is. You know, we are McMahon's. Well, we don't fear anybody. Well... Oh. Well, he's a bit slow... Out <sighs> comes the big show. He's back for the first time since Judgment Day. Do you know? Do you know? I'm sorry to cut in here, right? But I've got to say, and a lot of people might disagree with me here, but I've never liked the big show ever. I've always thought he was kind of shite. I've had I've had periods of indifference for the big show, but never any real positivity. He's just always kind of been shite or samey. I liked him when he was Captain Insano. Captain Insano, shows no mercy. Didn't he like his modern take on Captain Insano? <laughs> that just didn't, that looked very sad. <laughs> Did you know him? He, he apparently recently registered, I think he now has the trademark for Captain Insano. But why, though? Because Captain Insano, shows no mercy. 
But anyway, Cap- Captain Sentinel shows no mobility. Oh, he shows more mobility. He's had a new, he's got a new hip apparently. But anyway, we're not here to talk about modern day Big Show. Anyway, so Big Show comes there and he chases Shane away because last time we saw Big Show, he was at full, it was at Judgment Day, where he lost to Shane McMahon, and so he chases him, and then Stephanie's left with Trish, and Trish starts beating up for Stephanie. She goes for a moonsault, but bloody Trish Stratus has to come in and ruin it, and basically helps. Helps uh, Stephanie get the win and they get a strap and they start hitting Leah again. Yeah, as she did. We could, we constantly keep going back to shots of Jericho. Sorry, keep going back to shots of Big Show chasing Shane, especially Shane trying to hide behind cars, behind from the Big Show. Mm. Uh, eventually, he does find him, but that, that takes us to the angle match of Taker. Where he says, like, you know what, Undertaker, you didn't really beat Guerrero, you beat a man. Who was living with fear. And I'm not afraid of you anymore. So take us out chase him and Angle keeps running away despite the fact he says he's not afraid. And then just coincidentally Shane is running through the crowd and he comes back over the guardrail and Big Show's following him. And so Taker just sees, immediately sees Shane, starts hitting him, goes to give him a show something, but Big Show comes out like, no, give him to me, let me have him. And then, would you, Adam and Eve it, the Big Show turned teal. For it. For, was that the first time or the thousandth time? Let, let's play. Let's. We've done that a Face long time. Or heal. <laughs> let's play Bamboozled. <laughs> For the first time in a long time. Let's play. How many heel turns is that now? Let's count along. So, he comes into the WWF as a heel, aligned with the corporation. But then he eventually gets sick of how they treat him, joins that, that weird group, the Union. So that's one. He turns face. Then he joins the Undertaker for the Unholy Alliance, or what the fuck it was called. Yeah, didn't they win the fucking tag belts? Yes, they did, from Kane and X-Pac. Why? So one thrown together team wins it from another thrown together team, because it's how the attitude there, and the tag belts don't mean anything. Yeah, how long did they hold those for? Well, they kept swapping them back and forth for the next month. So well, I remember X-Pac and Kane and... No, 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 because like I remember this because this is right at the start of the... This is right at the start of SmackDown for this review. Yeah, so yeah. Between them and The Rock and Sock, and then back to them, and then back to The Rock and Sock. It was also clear on the third ever episode of SmackDown, there was a Buried Alive tag match, which featured Big Show throwing, from, throwing Mankind from the stage onto the bit of dirt, the grass, which Big Show like bounces off of, and then rolls into the grave. It was weird as shit. It seems weird as shit. So he turns to you, he's part of the team. Then Taker is injured and basically... He needs to go away, so he goes was away. That, was that a... Uh, was that biker taker or well, ministry well, taker? Well, he, was kind of, he had a weird hybrid, briefly, of both for a couple of weeks, where he'd be all dark serious, but also wear a weird bandana and biker shit. So then he went away to get some injuries. Also, he was getting divorced at the time. Was he? From his first wife. Was that the one who was on his No, throat? no, no. Then he would go from this wife to another wife to then Sarah, and now he's with Michelle McKill. Yeah, because so. didn't, didn't, didn't Sarah do the dirty upon him? I don't. I cannot confirm it. I don't know the story. I, I read that story. I'm sure. Well, I I believe I read that story, and that like it had to get that tattoo lasered off. Mm. You know. Hey, so, Taker buggers off for ages and doesn't come back till Judgment Day. Just there, because as Baker Taker. So, then then Big Show randomly turns face. So that's three. Yeah. All right. Three. By the way, this is September. He joined in February, and so he's the face. And he becomes WF champion. He has that feud with the boss man over the fact the boss man is angry that Big Show is sad. 
that your dad is dead. <laughs> the boss man's angry that the big show's sad that his dad is dead. Which that is a very queer storyline. I I I, re- I really love weirdly love the poem that he writes for Basil's dad when it's confirmed that Basil's dad's died. Like with deepest regrets and tears that are so. I'm sorry to hear your dad finally croaked. He lived a full life on his own terms. Soon he'll be buried and eaten by worms. <laughs> if I could have a son as stupid as you, I'd wish for cancer, so I would die too. And then I didn't realize that there, there was this alert bad on he goes, so work hard and get your life back on track. Because the old bastard's dead and he's never coming back. Which also featured the famous no as he died down in the coffin. Yeah. Which I remember watching that being like that guy in... Uh, <coughs> Remember watching that film, the guy from Bodyguard School? Well, your dad wasn't bad, but I just didn't believe you. No! I dropped him, give me 20. No! Better! <laughs> so then, I remember the time we lead up to the, the Rumble 2000. The Rock is going to win it, but then he's, he's running down everyone else, calling them jabronis. But Big Show's feelings get hurt, so he turns heel on The Rock. And so that's four. Within 11 months. Four. Yep. Four. And... He basically comes to the pro where he was one of the fans that was there for and basically the rock cut him to size with a few words going you're seven foot tall 500 pounds you're the most impressive physical athlete we could have in the WWF and all you can do is come out here and say why don't you like me <laughs> that's basically what his promo was yeah and then after Wrestlemania he starts doing the whole oh I'm having fun I'm doing impersonations I'm the show star or show Kishi and then he overhears Shane Man doing the oh, which way did he go? Which way did he go? So that's five. And then he goes away after the Judgment Day match, comes back, and he immediately lines up with Shane Man by turn heel. So Big Show has been in since February of 99. This is July of 2000. So from February 99 to July of 2000, he's turned heel, face to heel or heel to face a combined six times. <laughs> six times. In a year. Yeah. Maybe less than a year and a half. That's a record. He's going to do fucking more in the years to come. I think it's in the 30s somewhere. He's going to buy heel and face turn somewhere. Mm. So much so, I, there's a regular wrestling quiz I'd watch. Well, they had a round called Show Turns where basically you had to guess. He'd give you a thing of Big Show wrestling at this pay-per-view. And you got to, you got to guess, is he a heel or a face here? And give me the reason why. That was how, that's how much of a joke his heel and face turns have become. I think he got like about twenty you now. I think he's in the thirties. Thirties, Christ. So much so, there was a list I saw online ranking all of the big shows heel and face turns from worst to best. I wonder and what it, and, one and, is... and, and that and that list is nearly thirty minutes long. I wonder what one has lasted the longest. I don't even fucking know if I'm honest. You know, like like And what you. was it? Was he a face longer at any point or was he a heel longer? I'd like, I'll I can imagine a, a heel. I'll hesitate. I'll hesitate. I guess and say heel longer because I think with his size and the kind of character he can portray as a heel, I think he'll probably have been a heel longer than a face. Is he still an active wrestler? No, no. He's primarily a commentator for one of the AEW YouTube shows. Is he one? Is he one of the commentators that can take a bump now and then? Maybe he did. He's wrestled two matches, I think. Aye. But like he's doing it with like Tony Schiavone, who's Tony Schiavone can still really pull it out on the commentary. So Aye. basically, you can do it with somebody who can basically lead him, despite the fact he's no an experienced commentator. But anyway, and then later on in the night, uh, Big Show and Shane leave, right? but Kane storms into Foley's office, being very angry because after attacking the Undertaker, Angle, Big Show, and Shane beat up onto even further, smashing a cinder block over the Undertaker's ankle. Mm. 
And Undertaker's oh, the Undertaker's hurt. Ooh, and so keep is my leg. Then Kane starts to go like, I want the big show. I want Kurt Angle. I want all of them. Sorry, I should be a marker. I want the big show. I want. Sorry, I forget how my Kane impression. But then no she... one but Kane can do a Kane impression. Then Shane. I don't like people wearing masks, even though it's been much my career. Wearing a mask. Sorry. Kane sometimes takes over. Kane going, wow. Yeah. They were mean to my peeps. Wow. Yeah. I want to hit them. Wow. Anyway, then what? Uh, Shane and Shane and Big Show leave. So then, probably, so then originally, what was maybe a singles match between The Rock and Benoit gets turned into Kane and and The Rock versus Benoit and Angle in the main event. <laughs> and then, surprise, Shane and Big Show never left, and it's a big beatdown on them. Yeah. Forming this new group, which I think Edge and Christian are also sort of aligned with. We'll see over the next I'm week a, or so. I must say, at, least, at least this is better than Heroes of Wrestling. That's a very low fucking bar. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's a fucking low bar if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I know. Fucking forget scraping bottle of barrel, you're through to the fucking woods at the bottom. <laughs> but. So yeah, there's this weirdly new group we're going to see for the next couple of weeks called, unofficially titled, The Conspiracy. Conspiracy. So it's Shane as the manager. You know, let's look at the, the people in the I'll, faction, shall we? I, I, would have, I would have used an other word that had an R at the end of it, but it wouldn't have been manager. Anyway, we have... I'll just say it, wanko. Yes. Yeah. So we have <laughs> Shane as the manager. Big air quote, manager. Thank God. But anyway, and we'll look at the bristles in this faction, right, for a second. Ball bag. Big Show, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Edge and Christian. On paper, hell of a faction for 2000. Oh, aye, aye, aye. Definitely. Paul, I'd hesitate, I guess, that 99%, I'll, hesitate, I'll be generous to say 97%, of the people listening to this never knew that this was even a thing. I, I would I would think so. I mean, that is something that only the most ardent and most analytical fan would know of. There are five weeks... I, I didn't even know this was a goddamn thing. There are five smackdowns between, including this one, between this, between Fully Loaded and SummerSlam. The conspiracy is going to be here for three of them before just going away and never being told about it, and then going back to Shane and Benoit having a thing. So is there no actual resolution to this conspiracy thing? Does it just, it's there, and then it's not there? Well, there was going to be a longer plan for this group. I think they were going to officially get the conspiracy as their name, but they were, they're only ever, when you hear about, read about them, there's very little about them online, but they're only unofficially called the conspiracy. So oh, there was there was no there was no theme, no Tron? No, 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 no official theme. If anything... Like, I want to talk about this comparison for a little while. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When we get to week three and the final week of them, I'll explain to you what the plan was from what I've heard and why they're not around. We should, on, on Scott and Paul, we should do a, a mini retrospective maybe. On, upon the conspiracy. Fucking, we'll, we should, we, it'll be shorter than that pre-ramble we just fucking did no, to the start no, of the show. No, because we, we, could, we could quite easily talk about the leading into it, the bulk of it, the fallout, the plan. But like when we get to like the third third of the five episodes, uh, where the, in the final episode of the conspiracy here, I will give you... From what I've heard, the reason as to why the conspiracy just disappeared for no reason. Because well, there was only, a reason, but why the it only went parts of that faction that could have actually legitimately and believably held titles was Edge and Christian. The rest of them were just fodder. 
But like, when you look at them, it's not too far of a stretch because Angle was sort of associated with the McMahon's... Oh, well, Benmore Angle is, could. Ben, Benmore is like Shane's guy. He was for the last month or so. Izzy Grisham had their dealings with Shane. Yeah. And then the big show is there because... Because he is. Because he is, because he's the big man. So And he's he's a heel winner. So basically, it's because of, okay, Vince is off TV. Let's put Shane in the Vince role. Let's have Shane have his own shit version of the corporation. That worked so well. But like Shane was such a bellend. But like, I don't even get this teamwork, because going through them again, Show, Angle, Benoit, Edge and Christian, right? Right, like, look at it, right? Show, Angle, Benoit, Edge and Christian, right? <laughs> Show's a wanker. <laughs> Quite frankly, shows a wanker, and he's not a believable champion. And do you know, for anybody that's a show fan, I apologise. I don't criticise your opinion. This is just my opinion, right? It's one man's opinion. You know what I mean? I thought he was a wanker. I never believed him as a champion. Like even how many times has he been a champ? Twice. I think he's. I think he's had two reigns at least as the big goal. I think he's had two reigns. For most of the titles, because like he's a one two time WWE champion, two time holder of the big gold as the world heavyweight in WWE, two time holder of the big gold in WCW, and a one time ECW. So right. six or seven six combined seven, right. reigns. But very rarely you, were they long ones. Did you find them a believable champ? I spent weeks when he was had that when he had his inaugural WWE, which has already happened by this point. So I've been weeks talking about it. It's honestly one of the shittest WWE title reigns I've ever. I've ever seen. Carl, we had a better reign than him. I wouldn't even go that far. I would probably maybe say that. But like, let's say I, I mean, would. I, 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 I was one podcast. I wasn't there. One episode of a podcast that does this time period as well. And they even said they thought Jinder Mahal had a better WWE title reign than the Big Show did in '99. I but like Jinder. That's that. But like, you see you how. Know, that, that's, a, that's a whole different conversation on its own. I'm sorry to cut in. I really am. But that's a conversation on its own. Fuck, I might be in the minority here, but I thought Jinder was a good champ. I like Jinder. Like, like my issue with the conspiracy here is, like, you think of the great factions of history, right? Like, ministry, corporation... Like, but, like, I'm thinking more, like, Horsemen, Evolution, NWO, no, and DX, even DX, to an extent. Heart Foundation. Yeah, but they all have one, a couple of key things, and one of them I want to talk about is, you know who the main guy is. Like, Heart Foundation, Brett, Brett. is the leader, main guy, goes out the world to... In Evolution, it's Triple H, and and the Horseman, it's Flair, and then NWO for the most part, it's Hogan. And DX, it's Sean. Yeah, and then Sean Lee's, and then it's Triple H. But, but like that's the whole thing. You look at these things, like okay, you got the obvious tag team in Edge and Christian. Every every stable has a tag team. That's Edge and Christian. But you look at the other guys. Who out of Angle Ben One show you got? Because you guys who could arguably in any faction be the main guy, the leader under Shane, who's the manager. But like, who do you do? Because like, on the on one part. It's Angle who fights for the title later on, so Angle could believably be the guy. Got Benoit who spent the last month fighting with The Rock and had a legitimate gripe against The Rock. He, he does, could be the main right? guy. But like, and then you got Show who they made a big deal about when he was returning. He could be the main guy, but you also need the muscle. So Big Show can't be the main guy and the muscle. Then you also need a technician. You got two technicians. You got an odd number I've, of people in this I've faction. Fig- no, no, man, I've got it figured. If you if you humour me on go, this go, one, go, go, right? Go. Like you say, you've got your tag team. Mm-hmm. Edge and Christian, right? That's your tag champs. Then you've got Angle, and at that time period, uh-huh. Angle's your champ, mm-hmm. right? Benoit, who was just coming into the main event at this point, 
Ben was your IC, right? Mm -hmm. Big Show. Big Show is your honours. That, that feels like what it should That's be. That's what it is. Big Show is your honours. He's not... He doesn't hold a belt. He just... He's the security for the belts, you know what I mean? Well, that feels like how it should be, but then again, like I said, because of the build of the Feud of the Rock, it feels like you could swap the angle on Benoit Rose easily. But then oh, again... Good, aye. But then again, it feels like WWE, in a way, wants show to be like a title contender... And this thing because like they paid so much money to get him in, realized he has some issues. Mainly because like who would have thought the guy who came into wrestling in his first ever, second ever professional match gets given the world title and is told how great he is because how big he is? Who would have thought by the time he gets to WF he has some attitude problems? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Indeed, fucking idiot. But you see, that's the thing. WWE in that time period always build their stars, right? So, we have three weeks of the conspiracy, and when I get to that third week, I will finally give to you guys the answer as to why the conspiracy went away and didn't have any resolution. The answer may or may not surprise you, depending on... It was Shane's fault, wasn't it? Wasn't Shane's fault. Show's fault? Mainly Show's fault. Ah, mainly Show's fault. So, I'll give you the reason and where it was going to go originally. It does lead to one of the more confusing matches on SummerSlam is because... One of these guys in the conspiracy was meant to have that match and then it had to get changed at the last minute. So just well just bear with me with this conspiracy here because I'm gonna give you some info in a couple of weeks too. Pretty certain though. <laughs> pretty, <laughs> pretty certain though. So yeah. I didn't even realise he was a champion. But like what's <laughs> weird about this group is like it feels so weird to have this like only a month and uh, only a Merely a month and a half ago at King of the Ring did the full-on version of DX slash McMahon Helmsley group. Did that group kind of disband in a way? Because like DX are still associated with Triple H, but Shane's doing his own thing and all that. So then they decided, oh, we can't go more than a few weeks without some big super group constantly taking up all the TV time on the show. So if I could let Shane have his own group, because that'll be a fun thing. <laughs> Shane's a dick. Also... Something I forgot about until midway through a bit on this show on SmackDown, I realised happened on Raw where uh, Foley books a strap match later on in Raw between Stephanie, not between Stephanie and Trish and Leah, and Trish is there in the makeup room and she's just going on about Foley like, how, how could he book me in a strap match? Like, you know, no, I think it is. I think Big Foley's a pervert. He gets his jollies watching women whip each other with belts. Like, you know what I, you know what I have in mind too? I have half a mind to sue, sue Big Foley for sexual harassment in the workplace. And then that comes back to bite her on the arse on SmackDown. It really does. It really does. But anyway. I, I never liked her. But anyway, Raw ends with Angle, Benoit, and Big Show Batter and Keen The Rock at the end of end of the show. We also, have, we also had a brief brawl between Jericho and Triple H at one point in the locker room because Jericho wants another fight beat match with yeah. Triple H. Oh, do you, you realise how rich that man is now? Which one? The Rock. Oh, yeah. He is phenomenally rich. Can you imagine being that rich? That would be awesome balls, man. Stupid levels of rich. What would you buy? Would you buy a cake? <laughs> a million uh, dollars could buy many. No, but you could buy yourself a little tea cake with a little hi, I'm rich cake. <laughs> you could be like fucking... It's not like a rich version of Mick Foley. Oh, a million dollars. I wanted a cake. A million dollars could buy many cakes. Oh, <laughs> money you give me exchange for goods and services. That would be awesome. I can, like I can find a Simpsons reference any fucking where. It's one of my weirdest and most useless abilities. 
I will admit, well, at one point in time, a brief period in history, The Simpsons was a show, man. The Simpsons was great. Yeah, the Simpsons is indeed a show. It's still a show, a very different show, but it's, it's still... a very shit show now. It's all, it's all kind of, you know, pish. Yeah. It but, used to be grand, though. Anyway, we'll go back to Raw. One other thing I want to talk about before we get here is Road Dog fought Steve Blackman for the hardcore title on Raw. And he lost. And he did lose. Because Steve Blackman went and booted a chair into his mug. He did, yes. It was a little fun. Xbox was on commentary. And Xbox, I think he didn't know this was going to happen. And he legit popped pop for it. Even though it was a joke against his own partner. Where, uh, where uh, G, I think Jaron King joked did that. Because Rodog was in Desert Storm. Like, yeah, he was the first ever soldier to get shot at from both sides. And then the Xbox just starts cracking up on commentary. <laughs> like, that was pretty good. Was pretty... And then he starts explaining different martial arts things because he's a legit martial arts guy. He's Xbox. He's saying, oh, see those sticks? Those are. They're the last sticks. I don't know what the actual word is. I mentioned that because the show opened with a match after the big recap of Xbox yeah. vs. Black Moon Light. We're finally getting to the first match. But first, the thing, Did, I, usually, the thing I usually insist on doing number one movie in the UK is The Perfect Storm. I've never heard of it, never watched it. Kevin Costner is a, I think so. Yeah, Kevin Costner is it was, shit. It was in the US, number one, a few weeks ago, but now it's back here in the US. He's and, on a boat and he gets caught in a storm. Yeah. Will that end? Number one movie in the US, Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. That's an awesome movie. Have you seen that movie? Years ago. I, it's, I only have vague memories it's of it. It's an awesome movie. <laughs> uh, but anyway, well, let's speed run through this matter because it wasn't very good. Other than this one, other than this match, the Xbox versus D Blackman, Xbox doing his whole Aww, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Being Road, Dog, Road Dog's pretty good on commentary too. Yeah, Xbox, Road Dog's excuse for a while. It's like, you know what? Steve Blackman, his, so, his, his charisma is so lacking. You know, he's made a title so cool. I didn't even realise I was in a hardcore match. Yeah. I didn't know it was a hardcore role. I was ready for fisticuffs. Oh, G.I. Joe with a Kung Fu grip. <laughs> I, I even put my notes Xbox tries to be a karate man <laughs> He tries to be Ethan Hawke The karate man Ethan Page Ethan Hawke's an actor You'd have to Why did I think Ethan Hawke I am I'm high A little bit yeah <laughs> Yeah anyway. cool <laughs> Xbox gets launched in the air And all he's been doing Gets fucking smashed With a trash can At one yeah. point Why um, Why does every fucking Hardcore match Need to have a fire extinguisher In it I do not know, but isn't Steve Blackman awesome? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. He is, he is, like, he is the most awesome. He is, like, do you know who he's like? Who is he like? You know, like, when you think, like, heavyweight champion? Uh-huh. If you want to think, and remember we did the whole thing on our show about I this. I did, yes. If you think, like, heavyweight champion, you think Taka. Because mm-hmm. he was the most serious, like, heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. And had the best version of the belt, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Lovely red strap. Yeah. In the same regard to the hardcore belt, when you think the hardcore belt, in my opinion, you think Steve Blackman. Many people think Crash Holly, but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I mean, if you're taking it in the legitimate sense. You I, know I, I mean, Crash Holly, you think, because Crash Holly, you know what I mean? Ha-ha. You know? And I'm sorry to be ha-ha. I mean, respect to I mean, the It was very ha I mean, they went to Fun Time USA. You had one where the cameraman followed them in the slide. You can see the cameraman's yeah, legs. Yeah, look, you look, see the cameraman's legs sticking out. He's having, he's, he's having a fucking wrestling match with one of the headbangers in a ball pit. That was funny. He went to, but, like, he went to a big playpen and swung along a head, headset. So that was funny. Yeah, but if you're thinking of the hardcore belt as a legit belt, the best champion you think of was Steve Blackman. He took that shit serious, man. 
Like, Blackman was awesome. But, like, people like Blackman hitting people with, with sticks and other weapons. And they also really hate X-Pac at this point. That makes for a great combination there, but the crowd are very loud for this hardcore match. Yeah, and Blackman beats the piss out of him. Which, the main, which made many people very happy, I'm sure. There yeah. was much rejoicing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Blackman <laughs> <laughs> uh, gives... Oh, I, I couldn't read this. I thought he said it. I thought I put the knuckles, but I meant nunchucks. Nunchucks. Yeah, the nunchucks come out. One point, and Xbox flinging the nunchucks like, oh. And Blackman just like, fucking does his fucking... Kung Fu grip shit. He's cool. I just put, he hits him with the sticks. He gets his big karate or martial arts sticks as Michael Cole calls him. He just like, how, how, how stiff did you think Blackman's kicks looked in this match? I thought he was stiff as hell in this match. He's very quick and very stiff. Very, very stiff. Do you think, like, do you think Blackman legit, like, fucked people up in, on occasion? I'm sure. Maybe not intentionally, but he may have hit someone a bit think, too smidly. Do you think that may have hurt his tenure in the dub? Because Maybe. he was such a stiff guy. Possibly. Because he always looked serious as fuck. Like, he took that shit. He was, like, fucking zen on that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. And it ends not even with one of his kicks. He just grabs a big kick. like, fucking smacks it right over Xbox's head. And that's it. Match or even over. when you see him take a bin lid and he just goes, fuck you. Uh, cracks you. And, like, Blackman didn't take no prisoners, man. The X Bot loses, but then Road Dog runs into the ring, and they both start Twats beating up. They both start beating up. The whole reason for them both going after the Harker Belt is they have a a friendly rivalry going, where basically like <laughs> they claim, "Oh, we're the bit, we're clearly the best tag team in the WWE. No one can beat us." Like, why aren't you? The I tag- but I but yeah, no. I didn't even remember you existed as a tag team. Well, when was like, have you ever as a team you and X Bot been tag team champions? You've been no. tag team champions with other partners. You've never been tagged against the other, so... I mean, you you think tag team, you think Road Dog, you think New Age Outlaws, you think him and Billy Gunn, you don't... I didn't yeah, even Xbox, know him and X-Pac were a thing. I, I don't know, all X-Pac and KF tag heads. I think of the type X-Pac... I think of the time the one two three kid won the belts with fucking Mario Gennetti or even Bob Polly before I think him and Road Dog. Him and Marty won the belts? Him and Marty won the belts for a couple weeks, him and Bob Polly. I believe it was him and Bob Polly who won the belts for like 24 hours. Aye, they won them before the guns won them back. Yep. I might really designed to have Bam Bam lose so he could then have a, a shoving match with Lawrence Taylor build up his match. That's, weird, that's, that's what you do. That's what you do. Set Bam Bam up for the main event by having him lose to fucking Sparky Plug. You ever noticed that? Marty Gennetti. He's won the tag titles twice, right? Well, that's why I count the Rockers won. No, but he's won the tag titles twice. But he's never, on paper, won the titles with the Rockers or the New Rockers. Well, well for one, the New Rockers were shite. Well, uh, well, only shite re- well, not, well, not shite wrestlers, just the idea of doing... portrayed. As soon as you put the New onto something, you fucking doomed it there. You pretty much doom it. See, it might have a bit of what you just called it the Rockers. But, uh, anything else? We go backstage, and this is the only appearance of The Rock other than the main event. Weirdly on this night, he doesn't get uh, a promo or anything. The, the Rock is just randomly backstage, and he looks like he's having a, like, a heated conversation yes. with Mick Foley next to, the, next to the trucks. And then we get Stacker 2, the world's strongest fat burner, presents the burn of the week, which is Mick Foley, uh, which is Rikishi falling off a cage. Yeah. That was I, I, your I, burn I of the week. I forwarded through this part. I couldn't be fucked watching it twice, you know what I mean? 
Foley then comes to the ring after commercial and says, you know, I don't feel like my usual heavy-go-lucky self. <laughs> you know, the big show, he called me every day for two weeks Mick, straight. Mick, I'm good. Mick, my leg feels good. I want Shane McMahon. I want back in. <laughs> he then makes a series of matches for like It keeps fucking GR based on commentary, but then they don't unroll, but then Foley and then Cole later on. Fucking take a shot every time you say the word conspiracy or conspirators, you'll fucking be, you'll be pissed before you get to the main event, honestly. <laughs> Weirdly, did, did Michael Cole and JR get paid a bonus every um, time they was... I wonder if Michael Cole and JR got paid a fucking bonus every time they got to say the word conspiracy. I'm, I'm kind of wasted now, so I'm good. Yeah. So the last thing you need is to take a shot every time you say it, because fuck, you'll die. No, no. You, 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 you would. I'm well seasoned. No, anyway. I, I have practiced my art. <laughs> but uh <laughs> let's see let me get a few much like we're gonna have some conspirators like Kurt Angle taking on The Rock. We're gonna have some conspirators like Edge and Christian and the Big Show taking on Kane and the Dudley Boys. Not just a tag team match, a tables match. And we got some co conspirators like Trish Stress and Triple H. They're gonna be a mixed out like what the fuck did they do? <laughs> And then he's he's interrupted by the big show and Shane McMahon. And Shane gets interrupted and goes like, you know, Shane's like, oh, you know, well, you always think you're one step ahead, but you'll never be one step ahead of Shane McMahon. And blah, 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 blah. Oh, you give a fuck with yourself. There's a lot of Shane shit. I couldn't really pay attention to what he was saying. I said the words one step ahead, but I couldn't remember what else he said. But then See, big when, show gets When the Shane's talking... It's hard to hear what he's saying because you're looking at his coping and you just want to hook him. Like, you know. And then Show talks, he gives an explanation as to why he turned, which both makes sense and doesn't make sense at the same time. I didn't know that was possible. Hmm. Where he talks about how he had to feed me angle and shade in the past couple months before he went away. And he's like, you know what? I realised there was somebody to blame for me not getting ahead. Someone who, who was holding me back. It wasn't Shane. It wasn't anyone else in the area. It was me. I realised that Shane and Kurt, they were trying to help me. <laughs> I finally realised who I am. I don't need to dress up in my silly costume to realise who I am. I'm the meanest, nastiest bastard in the WWF. And there ain't a damn thing you can do about it. <laughs> Floyd doesn't even get hit and then he just buggers off in his music place. Mm. Well, just the big show. <laughs> <laughs> This music was always special. Apparently it's Michael Hayes singing that. Well, he does the big opening bit, I think, at least. But uh, then we get Triple H and Stephanie there. Triple H is in a film. mood like, ooh, angry Triple H. And then they were... jacked Triple H They get to, the, get to their locker room and, like, there's more flowers. Like, for God's sake, not again. What is this? More Angle? More Jericho Manga? And she's like, oh, well, let's look at the card. Look at the... Like, what? And basically she's right back. And you want to read the card, Hander? And she reads it, and it's from Triple H. And Triple H turns away looking at you, then and it's an she's like, "Yeah, you're damn right. That was for me. See what I did there? I'm so smart." <laughs> so things seem to be okay with Triple H Debbie for now, but then we have no time for that because then we have RCA Maximum Power Cola. I do you know I've seen that advert so much doing these retro smackdowns. I would really like to try a bottle of that RC Cola. I doubt it would be very good. I don't mean a bottle from when. I mean, if we still made it now. Either way, it won't be very good. You don't know that. Have you drank it? No, but like, it's like, not just cola. Power cola. <laughs> See, that means it's good, or... 
Gooder. Gooder. That's not even a word, I don't think. Paul knows words. But anyway. there's, there's a Gouda cheese. I know Gouda, but not Gouder. Gouda is a word. G'day. <laughs> You're an idiot. But anyway, the, re- the WF Rewind, which is this lead up being beat out with a strap. Yeah. Which signals the arrival of the Hardy Boys. We're really fired through this, aren't we? Yeah, huh? This wasn't the best Smackdown, I'll have to do. It wasn't, it was kind of crap. But it, but it doesn't matter, Paul, because you know what? You're looking at the real deal now. Because out comes Lowdown. Hell yeah. And the big long white trousers. Hey, I told you at the time. I I liked the Lowdown. I thought we could have been a little... I mean, I know we weren't going to be like fucking main event fucking awesomeness. But we could have been a solid sort sort of main event awesomeness, you know. We were a good team. I don't know if main event awesomeness is even a word. Even a term. Well, I I made it up, so fuck it. It's what it is. The lowdown are very dominant at the start of this match, and for most of it, it goes on. And then King forgets Chaz's name at one point. I don't know if you noticed this, but like, like, you know, Vendela Brown and, uh, and, uh, Chaz. (laughs) He forgot which which headbanger, like, you probably think he said, which headbanger was that? What one's he again? He was Mush. Anyway, Jeff gets isolated until he can finally make the hot tag to Matt. Which is weird, because usually, really enough, you think it'd be Jeff getting the hot tag, but usually because Jeff's also very good at selling, he gets he has to make the hot tag to Matt. To to put a good bit of poetry in this, mm-hmm. at that time, Matt wasn't he fat. How who is that poetry though? Matt, fat, poetry. But, 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 but just saying that he doesn't get fat isn't poetry. Well, that's what it is, right? But at that point, you know, like, Jeff was always Jeff, right? <laughs> but after a while, Matt started to get a bit stomachy. Uh-huh. You know? You're just inventing words now, aren't you? Yes, I am. But no, like, when he was... Like, early Hardys, Matt was as cool as Jeff when he was not as cool as Jeff. Mm-hmm. That's why... It, he would have got the hot tag also at that point. Uh, Jeff has a drop kick on Adilo as he's Adilo's facing away from Jeff and looking at Matt. And Adilo awkwardly falls in Matt's direction. <laughs> like he's like <laughs> rudely touching Matt and like I don't I don't know what the hell was going on there. I don't know if there was a mistake or a miscommunication. I don't know what the fuck happened there. Or he just wanted a hug. Matt has a clothesline followed by a leg drop. Jeff dives on a deal before the outside. Jazz is isolated in the ring, twist of fate, swan turn, the Hardys get a win. But the Hardys can never be allowed to enjoy a win, they must be attacked afterwards. Oh, of course, it's, if especially it's, in this time period. Yeah, if it's not TNA who usually do it in the main perpetrators, now it's Lowdown. Because God forbid Lowdown lose any heat. Hell yeah. They didn't have any to begin with. Yes, they did. No, they didn't. I bet they wanted it though. They wanted it, doesn't mean they are going to get it. <laughs> Triple H is backstage, he's angry. Because he has to team with Tristress, like, man, I'm, 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 Rick Foley's got enough of a vendetta against me. Now he's pairing with that albatross. Yeah, he's like, I need to be a sort of shit he'd do that thing. He's like, you know, like, she doesn't even can't even wrestle. Like, and like, not See, just, even he knew it. Well, the time she couldn't. But like, like, you know, you know, just not just her, you know, you know, you know most women in the WF is like, excuse, and Steffi's like, excuse me? It's a bit really troubling, he makes extensive. Basically, he implies that women can't wrestle, 
and that pisses off Stephanie. Like, am I not the WWF Women's Champion? Like, I'd be barely fucking wrestled. Because that time you couldn't wrestle fucking either. She did wrestle, though. I mean, she didn't deserve to have the title at the time, but she did wrestle. She's held the belt since March at this point. Yeah, I know. She held it for quite a time. Quite a time. But and it, didn't really do anything with it. Then she storms off, and then we come back to her, so Triple H is sulking in his locker room. And then Trish comes in, who clearly knows that Triple H is talking to her, basically asks him to teach her how to wrestle. Mm. Triple H is reluctant, but he does it. Uh, and then we get into... We get Taz coming out, because on, on Raw, sadly, Grant... Sadly on Raw... Uh, Scotty too hot. He got squashed by Taz. Mm. But then, but now we have Grandmaster Sexy. So now, now Taz is trying to complete the trifecta. He fucked over Rikishi. He choked out Scotty too hot. Now he wants to choke out the last one. But then Grandmaster yeah. gets a weird amount of offense in this one as well. He goes right after fucking Taz. Grandmaster was awesome. Long fucking R.I.P. man. <laughs> he goes after Taz right before he even gets in the ring and then he gets to dive through the middle rope. And then he di- this is a weird thing where he dies off the top rope and this is Taz's comeback. Where he dies off, Taz sticks his arm out to a clothesline and it feels like Ta- Grandma's like, like lands on his feet, then flips. Yeah. Which was weird. <laughs> uh, back suplex. Then he, he kind of tries to fight back to his grandmaster. He hits a back. Suplex, he looks like it drops fucking Taz on his head. Yeah, it did and, look a bit stiff. And he looked Taz, he immediately grabbed his neck. When you know that it's usually it's mainly neck things that look at neck issues that... That's what finished him. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. He's already broken his head at least once or twice mm. by this point. Didn't he, didn't he break his neck in a match with Sabu? Or did he break My, Sabu's neck? I think he broke Sabu's neck. Sabu had a couple, broken neck a couple of times. Like, first time Sabu broke his neck was against Chris Benoit. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen that. So Ben Wall got his yeah. crippler nickname as well. Didn't didn't he like sort of but no quite drop him tap of a chair and he no. kind of fell for well, him. Well, I think the thing was he was he's, I think Ben Wall was gonna like backdrop him. I think or like one of them thought he was doing a suplex, the other thought he was doing a backdrop. No, I think I think Sabu overextended himself and just landed neck first mm-hmm. quite heavily, right on the top of his fucking head, like. Was as far it? as I knew, Ben Wallace felt pretty shitty about that. I imagine he did. Like, uh, so then we got Taz, you know, get dropped in there, but he comes right back. It's a, a really nice looking Northern Lights suplex, but I think it's all good. He, he, Taz is going to get another dominant win. He's going he's gonna to hit, uh, walk in the Taz mission. Maybe this will be leading to a thing. He squashes too cool, so he gets a match with Rikishi. No, he can't, he's not even allowed to beat Grandmaster Sexy clean. Because Scotty Too Hoy has to run in and cause a DQ. And then he's struggling to fend off both members of Too Cool. Hell yeah, Too Cool are awesome. They are awesome, but Taz shouldn't be struggling. No, should, we did have this discussion. Taz should not be being portrayed like that. But I'm I'm 50-50 on, did he get hit by the one? Because I think he said the one, but I don't think he got hit by it. Yeah. I'm sure he did. I think he did, yeah. No, he did. He got hit by yeah. the worm and uh, the, the Tennessee Jam. Or oh, the hip hop drop as Thank it's called. Thank you. Now. I knew when he was just Brian Christopher, and that's how I knew it. The Tennessee Jam. Again, not the most memorable episode of SmackDown. This is one that, is that like basically a top turnbuckle leg drop. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. I think a few people call it the insert name of City Plus Jam here. A few mm-hmm. people use that. And then oh. I remember, I knew, I saw the thumbnail of this on, on the network, I thought, oh, it's that episode. 
and we get that point where Joey just showing her like wrist locks and like this is you go behind yeah. your phone there. Can I, he, may I? I believe I can be analytical and get through it a hell of a lot quicker here. Oh really? Based, yeah, I'm. I'm going to take a, a step up here. Right, <laughs> go ahead, Walt. But front. no, we got we cut back to the locker room. Trish has convinced Triple H to give her some wrestling info, you know, some training. So Triple H is like you say, showing her some holds, some wrist holds, blah blah blah. And then just at the point where he's showing her a hold which looks, shall we say, a little compromising. Who who would walk in but his good lady Stephanie? Mm-hmm. Stephanie takes an angle into a stick. Uh-huh. And she's like, fuck you, fuck your flowers, Aye. fucking what you up to, you cunt, Aye. and storms off, and he's like, he's like, god damn, Stephanie, like, and, then, he, and then off like... camera, he's like, oh, this is your fault, because <laughs> like, like, he's teaching her like the whole, and then teaching her rest, like, what do you need to do, get her body part again, and so you, you lean back, you, you lean forward, you grab my leg, and they'll, you lean back, they'll sweep me out, and so she bends over while he's standing behind her, yeah, and that's so... when Stephanie walks in, like, as I say, compromising. But, like, if you even took one on a second to, to look at it, like, they've still got pants on. So how would they be in that position doing what she thinks they're doing if, you, if they've still got pants on? Like, Don't worry, he's no pump, no. But, like, that then implies that Stephanie knows enough about Triple H's proclivities at this point in kayfabe. So it's like, like, so does Triple H like having the clothes still on somehow? Is that what kind of man Triple H is? And I don't even want to know what Triple H is into. But like she's like, I can't believe it. I can't you. She throws the flowers like she doesn't quite get it. Then she picks it up again and nearly smashes it on fucking Triple H. She looks legit like oh fucking hell. Mm. And then she like they take everything and she goes to she can't. She's angry. She wants to throw something. She randomly throws a lamp but barely throws it and then nearly smashes. During the break, we have Triple H just storming. Even the arena got his bags. He's getting this big limo and Road Dog's doing his best to try and calm him down. He's like, I can't deal with this tonight. I can't deal with my wife. I'm going home. He's like, what do you want me to me talk to her? Like, no, I don't want you talking to her. Like, what's Foley going to say? I don't give a damn what Foley. I can't yeah, I, deal with this right now. I don't give a damn what Foley says. I can't deal with this right now. I'm going home. Mm-hmm. Screw this. Screw my wife. I'm going home. And so he leaves the arena. And when road, road dogs like... I'm getting God too old for this. I'm getting too old for this shit. I'm getting beat up by Steve Lackman and my mate's manager is falling apart. <laughs> I'm, I'm shackled to a shit tag team partner. I wish Billy Gunn was here. <laughs> Billy, come back. All is forgiven. Billy, come on, man. Need you have shadowed with this prick. Billy, come back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here we have a six-man tag match. Kane and the Dudley Boys. Against Edge and Christian and the big show. <laughs> the Dudley Canes. The Dudley Canes, or the Cane Boys. The Canely Duds. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. A shit tag team. Edge, Edge comes out at one point untagged, basically to allow a distraction for the referee, so that Christian can hit a Lobo and a reverse DT at one point. And I, I legit forgot immediately, by this point, I already forgotten about the table stipulation, which then makes me even more confused, like, why are you just riding the ref and hiding your low blows like it's a tables match you can hit them in the bars there's no disqualifications because you must put a guy through a table 
Why do you need to hide your logo? Why are you even wrestling a traditional six-man tag team match at all? How long would it be before these two bot bags lost the belts? I don't want to say. I don't. Oh, I don't want to spoil every people. Twenty fucking years later, September. <laughs> That's all right. I want to say. We'll get to it when. I want to say that. Anyway, who's it they're losing to? None of your business. Move oh. on. <laughs> Tell me later. Oh, cool. If I remember. I'll remind you. But anyway, being up D1, Kane comes in and starts running wild, even though I don't think he's t- tagged in. And he's like, I'm getting sick of this shit, I'm not waiting anymore. And then no. he gets into a brawl and he's with the big show, and I remember looking at, like, are there any two people who have been paired together so often, yet rarely have ever had a good match more than Kane and the big show? Did you say rarely ever had rarely. a good match? Yeah. I, I never thought they meshed well together. They always put them either as opponents or as Italian, like they're obsessed with with putting these two fuckers exactly. together. I'll tell you something, right? I will say this much. And not, I will preface it by saying, in his early career, I don't think this, but, you know, your guy? Yeah. You know, Kane. Kane that would be, yeah. Always thought Kane was awesome. Great. I think he should have been champ a hell of a lot longer than he fucking was. Absolutely. You know, well, I, I mean, granted he got that good second run when he was Baldy Kane, but initial Kane should have had a longer run than an evening. Uh-huh. But I always found Kane slow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I say, not initial Kane. Initial Kane was pretty legit speed-wise, but overall I always found him slow. That's, that's fair enough. Oh, but Paul, something I've been wondering, like, why is that not happening yet? Because I'm pretty sure it was the Super Bowl of this year that, that the commercial aired, but we get the SmackDown appear- first appearance of Devo and, and that going for their headbutt and that move. They've done that before. This the first time they did the, the What's Up? That was yeah. the SmackDown debut of What's Up? What's Up? <laughs> and ironically, they took ages to get to it and then would do it for years later, long after people forgot about the advert. <laughs> Other people watching, like, what's this in reference to? Is this an advert? Well, at that point, it just became a Dudley thing. Yeah, it became quite a bit, much a Dudley thing as anything else. But yes, this is Matt doing debut of the What's Up. Even though whenever they do the move on the show we're reviewing, I will put my notes, Dudley's hit the What's Up. Because mm. the actual move itself never had a real name. Yeah. It's but do, do you know, in regards to the Dudleys, do you know my favourite thing ever in regards to the Dudleys in a pay-per-view? See when they came out for that fail four way with saliva doing mm-hmm. their entrance, that was like probably one of the coolest fucking entrances I've ever seen in my life, man. That was cool as fuck, mm-hmm. you know, like fucking saliva dudes, fucking sexy dancing with Stacy Keebler, mm-hmm. fucking Bubba nutting the symbols, man. Just that was the coolest. It was a travesty they didn't win the titles with that entrance. Oh, Paul. I told you before, 90% of the time you get a live entry to WrestleMania, you're fucking losing. Uh, those are the rules. But but it was so cool. But those are the rules. I don't make the rules, is I just, just meant... Is that one of the, like, you say that in the most Scottish way, like, those are the rules. <laughs> yes, those are the rules. Rules control the fun. But anyway. <laughs> if there is control, there is no fun. Oh, according to Steve Richards in that box, we'll get to it in a minute, but first... Oh, Christ. But first, 3D through the table, the Dudley's not win. Then Kane tries to be a big show and chokes him in through a table that's still there. 
And then Shaman Man gets involved, so Shane's going to go through the table, then no. Big Show attacks Kane, and Kane goes, gets shows on the table. Yeah, and it's a whole scrimmage and nothingness. It's a, it's a scrimmage. Scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scrimmage. That's <laughs> what it is, it's I've, a I've mad had, fucking scrimmage. I've had a couple of drinks and so is Paul, and Paul said something else. <laughs> really, so we can forget how crap the Smackdown really was. I uh, see, you know... With a couple of joints and a few cans, and you smack this smack then seems tolerable. <laughs> but Paul, there was a match on Raw. You'd have to be on crack to make this shit tolerable. There was a match on Raw, Paul, with. It was? Yes. When? <laughs> In 2000. <laughs> where the Godfather took on Bull Buchanan, and there was a big stipulation here where if the Godfather lost, he must stop pimping. Of, oh, is that what led to it? Yeah. <coughs> That's what led to the fucking good follow. Very much, yeah, and then legit fucking <coughs> fucking Gerald Lawler is treating the idea of no more hoes in the WF as seriously as he would. It seriously stunted his boner. He, he tried the idea of Godfather losing this match as seriously as like you would take The Undertaker's fucking streak ending seriously. I swear to God, Jerry Lawler was a perv, man. That's a fucking understatement of the bastard in century, if I'm honest. I mean, is, is it, it's a surprise that WWE still employs him. Uh huh. I mean, you'd think they would shy away from that kind of mm-hmm. controversy. <coughs> WWE <coughs> I must have details about Vince and Sean you know <laughs> I you must know I mean if you're close enough to Vince he'll hide all your contra- your controversies you know fucking we talked I mean you talked a bit before about the fucking Jimmy Snooker situation like Vince walks into a police station <coughs> he has a big briefcase <coughs> I suppose Vince did technically buy Jerry's territory technically yes I mean Memphis wrestling yeah <laughs> But, uh, so then, alright, so, Godfather, they're treating this match very seriously, especially King, but then, at one point, like, when he, see, we're just getting into the hole, especially Victoria, the, the head hole. <laughs> oh, she hasn't been named yet, I don't think. But, Is uh, that Victoria, Victoria? Yes, the Victoria. Wow, I yes. never, I never knew. Victoria, clearly, you can tell which one's a wrestler at the hose. Victoria gets, takes a Stevie kick at one point as yeah. well. Stevie <laughs> just like super kick move. Apologies. We get this without you coughing your lungs up. That is indeed. I I am recovering from a cold. In the best way possible. You are a picture of fucking health, aren't you? I so am, right? Anyway, and then while the referee's like attending to. <laughs> <laughs> as as the referee take, is paying attention to Victoria and Tendar, Godfather goes for the whole train. Uh, Richard moves McCann out of the way and then puts a chair in the Godfather's face. Godfather just basically runs right into a fucking chair. Does so, he actually look No, 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 shit? he no he he just runs right into that shit. Godfather's old school, he'll take that fucking I don't care about head damage. Yeah. Can't remember people's names, but it was worth it for that angle where I had to stop pimping. <laughs> then takes the scissors kick, one, two, three, and then like fucking you'd have thought the Undertaker had lost at WrestleMania the way Gerald Lawler was going, but he thought he'd fucking lost everything. Like, no, no more holes. Like, what can do it be without pimping? What could, whatever can wrestling be without 
women being slutty and being sold for other favors. I I, I agreed and commented on a on a wrestling thing today. I'm not going to say who or go into detail, but it was along those lines, you know, like why why do women need why does wrestling need women being all flaunted and shit? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The the women I respect most in wrestling are the ones that wrestle like fuck. You know, like talking current day, Rhea's my chick, man. Rhea Ripley, Jordan Grace. You see that video of of Jordan, of Ed and Jordan, uh, Rhea and Dominic going to Dominic's family's house for Thanksgiving and beating up Rey Mysterio in front of everybody. I know, right? Fucking Dominic's a prick, man. <laughs> you know, he is getting so like a lot of people criticise Dominic, but I'll tell you something. That boy is getting some nuclear heat, man. What? That boy, that boy is like a top tier heel now. You know what annoys me about Dominic Mysterio? I'm going to get a haircut tomorrow at time recording, but when I grow my hair as long as I've got it here, people, I'm, my, my friend group who also <laughs> likes wrestling keep telling me I look like Dominic right now. But look at my hair right now. Do I look like Dominic Mysterio? Is Rhea your pappy? I can only dream. <laughs> she she's a fine woman. But she she is hardcore. Have man. you seen the pictures of her when she first appeared in WWE for the twenty seventeen Me Young Classic? I know, right? Like so goddamn different. She looks so much fucking cooler now. <laughs> that that look when you before you start your golf phase, that's not really a phase. Now Jesus. You know who else is cool as fuck? Basil. Yes. Shayna's cool as fuck. Asuka's cool as fuck. Fucking Ronda's cool as fuck. No, there's, a, there's a clip right there where some guy stands while there's a judgment day having a chance to read I'm your papi and he just, just turns, no you're not. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but let, look, that's the kind of like women wrestlers I really respect. Like, see one is a legit, you know? Like, don't just come up with your image, you know what I mean? Come yeah. up maybe your fucking ability, you know what I mean? Because that's like, I hate that when when companies just portray the women wrestlers just on image. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Portray the talent. You know what I mean? I think it was the whole thing about the the knockout. So they used it in a kind of double meaning, like knockout is in knockout in terms of look, but knockout is in they'll fuck you up. Yeah, totally. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Impact got it right. You know what I mean? Like I, beautiful, beautiful, uh-huh. beautiful women, but they will fucking they will kick your ass. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yes. Like pretty and deadly. Mm-hmm. You know, like like Jordan. Jordan, Jordan's a, like a, a very, very pretty woman. Absolutely. But my God, she is built and she can kick ass, man. Like, I mean that like that match overdrive. Uh-huh. Not going obviously not going to get into detail here, you know. What yeah. I mean? But fantastic. Because like Dory has a history of that. There are some women who are pretty, but they never would portray them as that because they don't fit Dory's image of beauty. But like. Not to get stereotypical, but there's a whole idea of beauty in the eye of the beholder. Like, it's your interpretation of beautiful. Like, Hell yeah. I believe Ivory, very beautiful woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never portrayed as such on WWF television. No, she was always portrayed as very serious, you know what I mean? But I agree with you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Victoria as well, never. I always thought she was awesome. I mean, she was putting in similar segments to the other divas were put into but you can always tell she was very reluctant to do so yeah i'll tell i'll tell you right and this is this is not me being like hateful or any kind of thing it's just a general opinion yeah sure i never i never ever saw the appeal like in in sable 
I mean, I, 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 I get that a lot of men. I, I, I was never into stable. Yeah, I, I get that a lot of men found her really hot, and like, I get that that's a, that's a look, you know what I mean. But for me personally, I, w I was never attracted to stable. I never, I never found her attractive. There, there are some women, and like, I don't mean sound like uppity, like me yeah. sound like I'm judging people who have had like women who have had surgery. Yeah, or to yeah. tell them, look, get the, the look that they're going for. But like, because more power to you if you want to go through that. Yeah. And there's some women who have had that who I still do think are beautiful. But then there are people like Sable who I look it, at I'll and I'm be, like... I'll be honest, if I, if I if I was a wealthy person, uh -huh. there's certain things I would get done, you know what I mean? I, I would probably get like liposuction or some shit, you know what I mean? Get like, like get like, because I've, I've always wanted to have a very, very, very small waist, <laughs> you know? When I, when I was in my youth, I had a 24-inch waist, a very small waist. I still have a small waist in comparison, like, age-wise, you know what I mean? But I would still like to have a very, very small waist. That's what I would get if I had money. Like, but my issue with Sable was, like, she looked too fake in her appearance. She was an evil Barbie doll. She was, she was just too fake, I thought, like... That's, that was my issue with you. And, and I've got... She was no wrestler, man. She was shit as a wrestler. I mean, they done that Mark Meadow bad. I feel so awkward, by the way, here on this show. Two white men, one straight, one not. Just just talking about different women. She was good looking. I didn't like how she looked. No, I'm... I, I, am, I feel weird about this. I am, I am truthfully talking in regards to Sable's ability in ring. Yeah, I'm just saying we were talking about appearances. And oh, no, well, yeah, that was wrong. That was fucked up. And we should, you know, slap on the back of the hand for that one. But then again, but then again, we also can't help who... You can also can't help who you find attractive and who you don't. But we were just saying that. But, but sorry, oh, yeah. sorry if you... Yeah, we're, you get, don't we're agree. getting into awkward territory here. But purely on in-ring ability, I did not favour Sable mm -hmm. in in-ring ability. She, because in my opinion, she had none. And I, I believe in regards to Mark Merrill, he done that man wrong. And like, there are quite a few women, even in modern day WWE, I feel like the whole stereotype of like, well, fixing on certain women because of their looks and their history of doing it, especially when there were certain women in the mid-2000s is the peak here for emphasizing women who have looks over ability mm. and being having very little of it. There were a lot of women nowadays. And the ones that had ability were not pushed. But then there are women nowadays who have both ability and looks but they emphasise the looks more so, and so people automatically assume insert women here can't wrestle, which often in case is not the case. There are quite a few women, I think, nowadays who are good looking, who have been emphasised for it, who can wrestle, but people never give the chance to see if they can wrestle. Do you know, I have no idea even how we got onto that subject. We're talking about hoes, and Victoria being one of the hoes. See that, but see... That bloody era with that shit is a bad influence because it gets you into a weird conversation topic. Well, like, that's the thing, you like, Mandy Rose. And then we and then we end up feeling awkward because we end up feeling like we're being pricks. Well, like, I don't, I'm trying not to be, I'm just, I just don't know how people would perceive, well, like, because, like, as well, well as... I really hope, I will say to the listeners, I really hope you don't think we're pricks because mm. we're no pricks. Aye. We're just kind of stupid and kind of inebriated. Because, like, that's the thing, I've always, not to get too far again, but I've never taken... I say, like, you can't always take some offence as seriously as others because, like, you can say any whatever you want, but, like, you can never know if people get your intent or not, which, so you never can can help yourself if you people will be offended or not by what you say. But I, can, but I, I think get, I think what we were saying, we, we were trying to make a valid point there. I can say what I want. 
Oh, okay. Well, not, well, Bray not. Wyatt should be Universal Champion. I see you can say what you want to next day. I can't be off talking about it right now. Oh, that's what you had. What? I wonder what you had. It was it was retire from your hoodie. It was, yes. I, I was wondering what you had in your hand. I was like, ah, oh, I didn't know if it was attached. Yes, it is. It's attached to me. Cool. But, but anyway, the holes are gone now, apparently. Yeah, because he lost his match. Yes. Anyway. <coughs> I enjoyed that little tangent. I don't care what anyone else does. Yeah, that was trippy. <laughs> but Steve Richards and Bill Buchanan come out with, like... B squared. I don't get... Like, fucking <laughs> this, like... Steve Richards' tie goes all the way down to his fucking waist. Whereas Bill Buchanan has a big tie, which only goes up halfway to yeah, but, his... Well, that's because Bill's bigger than him. But, like, he goes all the way up here, like... Stephen Richards is all the way down there, which is weird. And then Bill Buchanan looks like... Bill Buchanan looks like he had to get his dad to do his tie for him. But Bill, Bill Buchanan has a teeny tooty tie. But, like, he's like... like I'd imagine the scene before, before they go out, they're doing that, their, their shirts and their tie. Like, he's like... And Bill Buchanan's like, Stephen, I can't get my... I, I forgot how to do my tie again. Oh, come here, buddy. I'll do your tie for you again. You need to learn how to... You need to watch, otherwise you'll never learn... Now for the B square. But then it comes the emergency says like whether you want whether you realise it or not. <coughs> Paul keeps coughing on that, he'll have a voice like fucking Stephen Richards it does at this point. <laughs> whether you understand it or not, we have always been fighting with your best interests in mind. What happened on Raw was a win against indecency. No longer should this be a place of scantily clad women. And so he introduces the WWF audience to the Good Father. <sighs> and Good Father comes out, shirt, tie, these little glasses on. Looks like he looks like a new fucking substitute teacher. He, so he really does. does, doesn't he? He does. He looks like he's teaching the kids. <laughs> Doing it for the kids, man. Proto Kishi. Well, Kishi's already come. No, but it wasn't wasn't that early doing it for the kids for Kishi. Yeah, but that was also long before this. Yeah. So there now he did it for the kids. That didn't last very long, did it? No. Because it because it was getting shite. Well, yeah, because it was shit. Yeah. But yeah, out comes the good father, and Cheryl Lawler's baffled by the idea of the good father. <laughs> you know. You know, some people may not have liked the Good Father. You know who really, really didn't like the Good Father? Charles Wright. Charles Wright didn't like the Good Father. Why he... didn't Charles Wright like the Good Father? Was we... it because of the same reason that no one else liked the Good Father? Because it was kind of shite. Well, because like he liked the hose and everything, the pimping and all that. He thought like the Godfather. He... Also, he wasn't himself a pimp, but like, he felt like he was. He'd be more himself when he was the Godfather. And he was having fun, and he was always when he because he was always in and out of the company at this point. He was always a case of he said on Stone Cold's Broken Skull sessions where he said like. If I wasn't having fun, then I wasn't going to be around because I didn't really need wrestling at that point. Because he had his business and Yeah, his bar and everything. And he's had a couple of different bars over the years. But, like, so whenever he'd leave whenever it wasn't fun anymore and, like, he didn't like this idea of, like, oh, the PTC are coming down on me. But, like, let's use this as an angle. We'll have you be the good father. Everything. And, like, multiple times he get he wanted to quit while he was a good father. Mm. And friends kept finding reasons to lure him back in. Like, I think at one point the good father, along with... We'll get the tag belts, and that was basically a desperate thing. Like, no, don't leave. I'll give you the tag belts. Mm-mm. 
<laughs> but anyway, Godfather comes out and he basically comments immediately on the big issue with the Godfather gimmick, which was, oh, I see when there's no women, there's also no love from you fans. Because <laughs> literally there'd be times where he'd come as a Godfather with no hoes, people like, boo! He'd be like, what? Oh, I see. And then point to the internet and they're like, hey! Because <laughs> women are coming out. But anyway, Godfather, oh, there's no love without the hoes, he says, like, you know what? Finally, my eyes have been opened. And I realised that Stephen was right. I was pimping. I, it was not right what I was doing. Can't you people cheer for these scantily cut women being pushed around by a pimp? Can't you see what you're cheering for is wrong? And then, I love he said this next... I, I don't know why this next line really made me laugh. Was, Love is not for sale. <laughs> Love is a privilege. Uh, we are now in a new era of WF with selective censorship. And now that the good fellow's been made a part of the group, this is the real like kickoff to what we now know as the right to censor. Yeah. <laughs> so the right to censor leave then. In comes Trish to Mick Foley's makeshift office. And she leans over, trying yeah, to flirt with trying him. Trying to herself. And Mick Foley's talking funny to her and everything and then it feels like he's getting lured in but you don't know like is he taking the piss or is he actually buying this shit and then sorry I didn't mean to do that closing over it's not going to stop it you need to go back in turn it down you go back in sorry Jesus go back into go back into it and turn it off there you go back into the advert and turn it off again it's off now Jesus fucking Christ sorry I didn't mean to do that why did you click on it I didn't mean to click on it, I was sliding the phone up. Try to close the bloody thing, I was just trying to see what the fucking noise was on my phone. Anyway, we're gonna cut that out, but alright. Sorry. So, tries flirting with him, and then like, oh, what else? Well, maybe, basically, our whole thing is she wants the, the mixed IT match cancelled. Yeah, so she's, try, she's all flirty talking in his ear. Because Triple H is literally like, oh, what can we do instead? Well, and said, so, oh, uh, uh, should we talk? Yeah, yeah, we can talk. Hmm, what should we talk about? And he goes, how about sexual harassment in the workplace? Please. And then he threatens to sue Trish for sexual harassment. Yeah, he's like, I'm sitting here and you're flirting with me and talking that way. I feel so icky. I feel so violated. I feel, I feel so, so violated. Used. So, I will sue your ass unless you wrestle in this tag team match tonight. You know what? They're gonna have the match, and your new tag team partner is gonna be Chris Benoit. Now get out of my office. Oh. She's like, she kind of throws a wee strop, and she's like, uh, like fine and fuck it, do it. Uh, Mike Foley's no daffy. Uh, and now we get a European title match. Perry Saturn's first title defense as European I know, champion. I know. Do you know honestly? Until it happened, I had no idea that Perry Saturn had actually held a legit title. Well, considering we did a, before we watched that, we also did part three of our European title retrospective, Paul. We did a three-part retrospective of the European title. It usually shows how much you were fucking paying attention to that retrospective, isn't it? I may have been a little inebriated, I will admit. Always a possibility. I can't, I can't be blamed for my habits. Yes, I was saying... First ever title defense for for Perry Saturn, and he's going up against Crash Holly. 
as, uh, as Terry Reynolds joins the commentary position and screams, like, what is the nature of your relationship with my first parent? She's like, I am simply his advisor. Mm. And this is my, this is a pet peeve of mine of this either, because they did it with when Trish was with Val initially, and, like, Lita came in with S.C. Rios and various other examples of, like... They were just valets. And it's weird, because, like, in terms of the WF, they can't... Somewhere, some people behind the WF creative can't imagine the idea of, like, there was a man and a woman. They have a relationship together, where they were working for similar goals, but there is no sexual element there. They, don't, they can't imagine the idea of a man being friendly with a woman where there's no sex involved. You mean they can't imagine the idea of a woman just being a manager? Yes. So every time a woman suddenly comes, takes interest in managing a man or helping a man in his career, like, oh, what's his relationship? Oh, I bet you two are shagging. There's always got to be a shagging element. I was like, like, admit it, are you two shagging? What? Well, you've, you've been a bit of a hustler, because, I mean, you look, you look back in the classic era, for example, right? I'm not talking about the classic era, I'm talking about this era specifically. No, I'm, I'm just talking in general here, right? Mm-hmm. But you look at the classic era and you look at a classic a wrestling couple, say. Like, I've got two examples for you, right? You've got Macho Man and Elizabeth, uh-huh. who were seen as like a pure, and they were like... Well, there's not a shagging element to that. That was like a, a woman loving a man kind of element, right? Well, ironically, they, ironically that's the most prime example of... Uh, no, I say totally don't be an add-on, because at first, for a good few years, they didn't bring up the fact that they were together in real life. But, but ironically enough, that was a relationship where you knew there was a shagging element, because they were married. But it, it was lovey-dovey. Well, yeah, no, but I'm saying, like, weirdly, the most relationship, biggest example of relationship on screen, but there's no shagging element, has the biggest shagging element in real life. What about, um, what about Million Dollar Man and Sensational Sherry? Oh, yeah, that. but then again... There you go, you've got that. Yeah. But then again, I think Mid-DBS was married in real life. You've got, uh... I really don't think Sherry ever married. I can't recall her ever getting married. You've, you've got Dusty Rhodes and Sweet Sapphire. <laughs> you wouldn't want to imagine a shagging element in that. Well, I don't want to think of Dusty shagging anybody, if I'm honest. Especially with that voice, Jesus. Imagine him talking to her with that voice. America! Is someone playing... I'd only think about Dusty Shaggin. I'd only think of Dusty Shaggin if I could think of the idea of somebody playing cowbell while he's shagging, just somewhere at the side of the bed just playing cowbell. Working hard. I made a joke a few years ago. made a joke a few years ago. I think it was Did about, you? I think I made, I think it was about Braun. I made jokes since. I think it was about Braun. <laughs> and that Braun Strowman shagging that joke and like you think Braun Strowman at the end does his big at, when he finishes. <laughs> or at least it was somebody doing that similar kind of thing. Bye, we're all way on this. I don't fucking I I crash Ollie versus Perry Sarton for the Aye. European title. Remember the European title so meant get through a shake, come on. Remember when the European title meant something? I don't. But uh, Paris Saturn. Uh, when William Regal had it. Not as long away. Not too long away. But anyway, oh, I fucking, I fucking can't wait for William Regal to get here. Honestly. I know he's cracking. Anyway. He's a man. Such a man. He's a man. Mind when they throw them with that? Ah, yeah. I wat- Do you know I watched that on YouTube no long ago? I love his face. Like, you see when he's coming out and you hear the... Mm-hmm. 
and it just cuts out. He's a man, <laughs> and he just goes, "Yeah, pricks." <laughs> I mean, Perry Saturn immediately. <coughs> Perry Saturn basically batters Crash Holly for the most part here. Batters it. Mean, they're trying their best to make Perry Saturn to look like some kind of fucking beast here. Well, eventually the they would. That's why he got the mop. Well, like, he's throwing Crash around, he hit, turns an electric chair into a powerbomb position. King randomly starts smelling the European title, because Terry has the European title with her, and King starts smelling it, it's like, oh, maybe it'll smell of Terry, you fucking weirdo. He's a dirty. He's a dirty fucking weirdo. And, do you know, and there's another thing, I might have said I thought the big show was a big boring shite. Basically, right? I never... Ever liked the king? He, he has moments, weird moments every oh, so often. I never liked the king. I never liked the king in JR. My my commentary team was Heenan and Monsoon. Honestly, that I'll, was my commentary. I'll team. die on the hill that King and JR were never as good in their whole time together. As I mean, they're good in terms of like remembering your childhood when you watch them, but like I don't think they were ever as good. And their whole time together as JR and Paul Heyman were together in their in their brief time together. Mm. We'll just on and Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. Well, Monsoon and Heenan goes without saying. I mean, yeah. that's legendary. Classic. Okay. Classic. Well, there you go, classic. That's a fair way to put it, Dave. Classic. Are you serious? No, I don't know why. Will you be serious? I don't know why. I never was as big as like Inventura and Monsoon. But like, I've always preferred Monsoon with Heenan than Monsoon with Ventura. No, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan were a classic. But then, the again, classic I, then again, I'm not the biggest fan of fucking Ventura because he's a mad conspiracy nut nowadays. You know, I've got the Ventura video. I do, you know, you do. I've got two copies of that, actually. I've got the. What's this? What's this? Are you doing your big regal wave right now? Oh, no, I'm not doing. Well, it may. I will, I will class it as a regal wave, but I have mm. pins and needles in my hand because I was leaning on my arms, so. Just, all he needs is that classic. Is that a regal wave? Like, no, 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 they don't. Done like the doing it music, the thing of the do, 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 do. Like the, the farty, farty music that he uh, had. Was that when he was the commission? Yes, and he first comes in, when he first comes in, I think he's like the goodwill ambassador to the WBF or whatever he is called. Anyway, yes, look at my tree. We, we really don't want to talk about fucking Crash Ollie versus Perry Saturn, do we? Basically, Perry beats the piss out and pins him, done. But like, Crash gets a few hot spots in, but then. Terry comes in, grabs Crash's leg by the wrist back, and then low blow, small pack. He's like, again, trying to build someone up as a monster or someone who looks dominant. And I love Crash. And as much as like, I love Grandmaster Sexy, I like against Taz, but like, Perry Saturn, if you want to build him up as a dominant European champion, he needs help to beat Crash Holly. As popular as Crash is with the fans, he's very low on the totem pole. But like, he is. But like, so if he needs help to beat. Crash Holly, what hope has he got with anyone else that's higher um, up than Crash Holly? Um, well, I will say in regards to Crash, compared to British Bulldogs' final run with the company, Crash was a main event legend. Yeah. Then we have a thing with Eddie and China running down to, to chase, the heel, chase them away, like Perry and Terry bravely run away, away. Anyway. Mixed tag, never. mixed tag team match, Chris Jericho, oh, and Lee, Chris Jericho and Leah versus Benoit and Trish. Benoit. Benoit. 
about Benoit. Basically, Jericho and Benoit do most of the work here. Benoit. It's Benoit. Well, if you're saying it grammatically as it's spelled out, it is Benoit, but it's not Benoit. Jericho gets dropped across the top rope one point. Fucking Shane's getting involved as he's want to do. Jericho's, as he's want to do. Jericho's got his ribs taped up, so that becomes the target for Benoit. Yep. Leah at one point kind of trying to get a shot in, and then one Benoit just fucking grabs her and just like fuck off. Oh no! no. He throws her there, saying that a rough landing as well for. for was this running about the period when Benoit was starting to juice? Oh, he's been juicing for a fucking while at this point. Well, I'd, look at the fucking size of him here. Well, if you, you know what I mean, well, but like by about the time when he won the title, he was kind of triangular well, and hockey. He definitely been juicing for some time at this point. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah, he is a big boy. Then Trish comes in at one point, but then Leah dies outside on top of her after she's already hit a hurricane run on Benoit. Yeah. It looks very cool for Leah in that. And then Benoit gets pinned up by Jericho off with a lion salt. That's always one of my preferred moves, you know. Uh -huh. A hurricane runner. Yeah. I always loved that move. But I think it was cool to see someone like Benoit take a hurricane runner from like Lita at this point in time, especially. But yes, the baby faces get the win as we go to backstage to Kurt Angle. Who basically dares The Rock to, to put the WF title on the line later on in the match. Yeah. And he, he's, very ad he's very defensive of his new group, the, the Conspiracy. Yeah. And then it starts mocking fucking Texas, like, no, I don't mean, I mean, pardon my language, I don't usually talk like this, but like, the Lone Star say, Lone Star my ass. Yeah. <laughs> and like, he always seems so affronted whenever he has to swear this guy, because like, he's a good, wholesome American hero. Angle? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, man. <laughs> but then Jericho's back to you talking about... Michael, I think it was Kevin Kelly who's interviewing him with like oh you know boy, you seem to be so in interested in that match with Triple H yeah I really definitely want to have a rematch with Triple H like, Benoit talks about how he's the greatest technical wrestler in the WWE well I just beat him so that makes him the second best technical wrestler in the WWE well, actually The Rock beat him I fully loaded so that makes him the third best well Lita was kind of throwing him around so I guess that makes him the fourth best technical wrestler and then Benoit doesn't take too keen unless he attacks and a very vicious beatdown I must be said Jer I remember this clip because it plays in the video package because he's still going to fight at SummerSlam. Yeah. I remember this from the SummerSlam video package. It, it was vicious. Jer basically, Benoit Jer takes like, the big shutter door and slams it down on the injured ribs of, of Jericho and then grabs the chair on like, very low protection. He must have tried to hit the side of his head to protect him, but like, fucking chair right on the face of Jericho while he's trapped under this. And Jericho's like spitting up blood and everything. Yeah. It, it was keen. It, was, it looked harsh. Mm. It looked harsh. Like I say, well, you, you did say at this point Benoit was juicing. Mm. You know, and Benoit was a lot like... Benoit was a lot like Blackman. <laughs> okay. And in what way? Well, you know, I would say, I would say there, like Steve Blackman was really like... He was really stiff, really hard-hitting, really serious. Yeah. Well, what was Benoit? Really stiff, really hard-hitting, really serious. I thought you were going to say they were similar in the fact that they had both had very little charisma, but on you go. Well, no, I was not going there, man. I knew, I knew that's probably where you would think it was going, but no. I knew we were very plain, both of them, but no, they both had very stiff, very serious movesets, you know what I mean? I get what you're saying. Like, Benoit, like... Benoit had no personality. Even when he tried to have personality, he had no personality, much like Steve Blackman. Mm 
Poo, when he tried to have personality, he had sort of negative personality. <laughs> you know, you're like, yes, I'm going to do this thing. You're like, and I will win. And I will win. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> then we got another title match to close out the show. We got The Rock versus Kurt Angle in the main event. Kurt Angle. My former co-host, Sam, used to like to pretend... Look at what would have been the movement had they not done the thing. Because they always do a thing on Smackdown where they announce a bunch of matches. And they joke like, well, thank God you didn't. You came here to announce a main event. Otherwise, we'd have no main event. So yeah, and, How would we ever know? So by his logic, the main event would have been that mixed tag team match randomly. Which is weird. Because that also wasn't made till earlier on. So by that logic, the main event would also would actually have been Saturn versus fucking Crash Holly. The European title. And I don't think that's what anyone wants to see as a main event. But yet, do you know the main event where the European title was the main event? One night only. Who has that on VHS? Paul does. I does. Ironically, because I think it's the only time the European title was properly the main event of an actual like pay-per-view. So ironically, in terms of like the European title main eventing, it was really truly one night only, wasn't it? And who has the corresponding WWF magazine to go... In tune with said pay-per-view. That would be you. That would be me, yes. Anyway, but then we got another European title to me event. It's the WF title, this show. It's yes, The Rock indeed. versus Kurt Angle. Yes, indeed. Angle sent into the turnbuckle, like, starting first a la Bret Hart back in the day. I know. And then Rock... Bret took that best, though. Angle, and then Angle does a closing in the back of the head as, as Shane and Benoit come down to the ring. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. But before... Just to cut in, before we come down, you'll notice in this match, The Rock is taking no shit. The Rock mm-hmm. is pure. The Rock is purely aggression in this match. But then before Shane and that even get of all angles doing his bell, like he's taking The Rock down in the mat, you know, using yeah. his amateur wrestling shit. His amateur wrestling shit. <laughs> Shane then chokes The Rock up on the ropes, like behind the rest back. Angle's working with The Rock for much of this, so he's giving the angle quite a bit. Rock then hits an overhead suplex and the commentators fucking have a boner for that. My god, the Rock hit an actual wrestling move. Oh my goodness. Hits a spine buster, turns to Shane, does his big Rock wind up punches. Hits Shane off the apron. Is he, is he doing his wobbly leg thing? <laughs> I don't know this point. But he's like, the Rock's weird come back, he's like, punch, punch, look at my hand, punch. When, it, when he done that, he did do his wobbly leg thing because he always did that. But I always loved that, like, Yes, that is my hand. Punch. <laughs> this is my hand. There are many like it, but this one is mine. <laughs> There's some other rocks to like, Joy, this hand is your hand. <laughs> this hand is my hand. <laughs> anyway. Anywho. And then, basically, someone tries to bring a chair and the rock gets it and it's like, I don't care anymore. Fucking hit Angle with a chair. Hit Benoit with a chair. Fuck their all you. Rock, you get Rock gets qualified, he goes out to fucking chase off Benoit and, and uh, Shane. I'm going to the ring. The winner by disqualification, Kurt Angle. So Kurt grabs the belt like, yay, I won, I yeah, won. He holds up the belt. And, then, and Rock just turns back and you walk in the floor like, fuck you dude, holding my belt. Yeah, he and goes back, back and batters him. Angle as well like, that's my belt. Not yours, mine. <laughs> mine. <laughs> And that's how we end my day. My belt. We're we're at the end. Yes. Yay. Paul, what would you rate me for Smackdown? Would you recommend anything from this show? Steve Blackman. That's what I would recommend. I would do. Maybe at a stretch, the tables match. Maybe. 
Maybe if it's Steve Blackman. Primarily Steve Blackman. Yeah. But where would your thumb be, Paul? <sighs> meddling to down. I, I'll join you in that meddling to down. Meddling to down. Only meddling because of Steve Blackman. But like... Steve Blackman saves us Smackdown from being a down. Like, ah, kill. <laughs> Steve Blackman rules. Like, it's not a perfect Smackdown following such a great kick-ass pay-per-view. Yeah. It was like a good lead-up, awesome pay-per-view, shit return. And then because they're so ad adamant in this fucking... It was so gay, man. Then they're just so adamant in this fucking conspiracy shit, man, in which... Ultimately, maybe if they let, we let it play, it would have gone somewhere, but it's never going to go anywhere, which makes it worse. Do you know what was more interesting -er and better -er than this, this Smackdown? I mean, better, not better -er. Yeah, but do you know what was better than it? What was better than this? this listen, listen. This is, this is my, like, golden glittery hairspray. Listen. That is more interesting -er than that Smackdown. Hopefully, we've got four more episodes between now and SummerSlam, and hopefully we'll have something better. For the law of averages, I would say only, I would say at least three of them will be pretty decent. But, like, the thing... I think we'll only get one more semi-one. I, I, one. I feel weird about, like, five-week builds between pay-per-views, because usually it's a four-one. But, like, oftentimes, some, when there's a five-week build between pay-per-views in WWE, and it's happened even in modern times, but, like, it feels like... You, they book, they keep booking for four weeks between pay-per-views, and then when a five one comes up, they act surprised, like, oh shit, we've got an additional week, and then fuck yeah. all happens in that week. What, what, there's a question for you. Mm -hmm. What is, what is your preferred of the original Big Four? How would that tie into this? I'm just general, generally curious. The original Big Four pay-per-views, what's your, what's well, your preferred? Well, WrestleMania, obviously. WrestleMania. I mean, I want to see the Rumble because of the Rumble match, but I don't know. Sometimes the Rumble match can really let you down. The yeah, match, yeah. The Rumble pay-per-views, even though there's some great stuff in the other crowd, that often gets forgotten. It, a Rumble, a Rumble pay-per-view can, can often live and die on the Rumble match itself. It's interesting that not many people would say SummerSlam. Hmm. I think more people will say SummerSlam than Survivor Series because pre, pre this year with the War Games and like, one or two years since they started doing the brand thing again between the two shows on Sphericies. Other than one or two years, Sphericies, I think, in the modern era, has been often forgotten of the of the big four. One of the better Survivor Series, in my opinion, classic Survivor Series, is 92. Hmm. 1992. One of my personal favourite Survivor Series is 2002. The chamber and everything. Yeah, when Sean won his title. But, uh, there's a lot not to like about the Ruthless Aggression era, but if you turns of what's great about the Ruthless Aggression, it's all on display in Summer's Fire Series 2002. Yeah, Sean's bob haircut and his kind of toilet brown tights weren't and, quite finished. And Kane saying to Jericho, you're going, basically, you're going through that blood whether you want to or not. Yeah. We're getting way out of it. But I think we have got to the end of the Smackdown. We have. We have four more episodes between now and SummerSlam. Hopefully throughout December we can fire through these and come back to you in the new year with SummerSlam 2000. With a big match for Steve Blackman on that show. We had the first ever TLC match on that show. An interesting main event. Some other stuff. It'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun and show. And cupcakes. Because I will buy a cupcake. We'll see if he remembers to buy a cupcake between now and then. I will, but I may have eaten it between now and then. Anyway. Because I'm a greedy shite. 
But anyway, me and Paul are going to say goodbye after that. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter at SBRambling or show Scott and Paul's round. Please make sure to follow Rogue Pains at Rogue underscore Pains. Listen to us and smoke weed, it's fun. Yes. It's not prerequisite to enjoy our show, but it will help. Or smoke weed and drink some cider. That'll be even more funner. We check out past Rogue Pains shows like me and Paul's other episodes of Rogue Rich Smitty and Rogue Rich Smitty in general. Uh, my show, No Dogs Bar, where I interview people, I have Paul lined up as a feature guest. We're ca- it's coming what, up very what, soon. How you like that? <laughs> it's called Paul Brown and Paul Guest. We have stuff about Frasier. We have an interesting word spreader, which if it isn't out yet, I won't say anything yet. On our, on our show, we are just about to commence on season seven of Frasier. We are. We have that. We have stuff about impact there. We have some fun things planned to pre-record in bulk across we, December. Which we will. I know it's a little... A little past it, but we will have a review of Overdrive. We're on our own personal review of Overdrive. Yeah, man. Well, we have all sorts going on there. There's a lot of stuff happening in Rogue Pines. A lot of good podcasting content for your ears. A lot, a lot of stuff I want to comment on, like the possible direction of VBD and Impact. Awesome. You know, uh, Joe Hendry. Say his name and he will appear. He said that yes. he's not here yet, so Do you him. believe Scott? I believe in Joe Hendry. He's, he's a real guy. He is, I know, he's a real guy. Anyway, but Paul, thank you for joining me for another episode of Smackdown. Awesome, Scott. Most obliged, you know what I mean? Uh, thank you for sticking with us for a show that has very little about actual Smackdown in it. I know, like 43 minutes of pish, you know I mean? It was pure, meant at least 43 minutes. And then when we talk about Smackdown, so when we started talking about Smackdown, we said we'd rather talk about other pish than Smackdown itself. But hopefully, when there's a good Smackdown, we'll talk about that itself. But until then... Steve we, Blackman. Until then, Steve Blackman, yes. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Well...